Hey, what's up, you guys? How's everyone doing? Hope you're doing great out there. 5.52 p.m. Thursday evening. <clears throat> Let's see, what's the day? March 19th. Losing track of the days now. Hope you're having a productive quarantine. Um... <laughs> I don't know. I got a little nervous when I said that for some reason. Did you guys hear my voice quiver? Um, yeah. It's quarantine. Not supposed to leave the house. So, uh, perfect time to listen to podcasts. That's for sure. So, it's kind of a... That's what you're doing right now. So, good job. Alrighty then. Let's get... Uh, <laughs> Let's see what do we have on de- what do we have on deck for today? Um, so I put together three different lists. So we have first we'll start with movies to watch. These are all on Netflix. Hopefully you have Netflix, and these are all movies that I have seen. So that's why I'm going to recommend them. I'm giving myself the the right, the go-ahead to recommend them, the right-of-way. So um, after that, we'll do, um, do a couple more lists. So we'll just, I'll just let you know what those are when we get to them. It'll be a surprise. It'll be a cliffhanger. Keep you, all right, here we go. Man. I have been so lazy today. It's been a gosh. I mean, I've been like pretty, like partially productive. Partially productive. That sounds like a good name. That would be a great name for my first stand up CD. I'm going to write that down. Partially productive. That's a great name. My first, my first album. There we go. <laughs> Just gotta make a note to myself. First stand-up album, partially productive. That's a great name. All right, or maybe like for like a production company, partially productive. Except it might be. That's kind of confusing though. Having, if you had productive in the name of. So then it'd be called partially productive, productions. <laughs> PPP. P cubed, P cubed. That that reminds me um, of my one of my old buddies growing up, Brian McAfee, in his green Honda CRV. We used to we used to always say pea shooter. Whenever um, I think that, yeah, that's what we called for shotgun. Instead of shotgun, we said pea shooter. So. And then some, it was like some podcasts or something. So everything is jumbled up for me. Like, I can't remember which podcast I heard what on. I think it was Bert. I think it was Bert Kreischer. One of, because he's been a guest on a bunch of stuff. Because his special just came out on Netflix. Speaking of which, here's some movies to watch on Netflix. All right. <laughs> Here we go. That's a good segue. Um, let's get started. Here's my list. So let's just 
run through them. We'll stop and talk about them and chat, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be... All right, here we go. First one. The interview. Now, I didn't make any notes about any of these. (laughs) Just to let you guys know where I'm at. Um, And so I'll Google it if I really am interested. But I've seen... These are all movies that I have seen. So... But some movies are more memorable than others, as as you know. Like, I completely forget some movies. Because I've seen a lot of movies. I'm trying to think. Like, in the past decade, because I used to go to, like, I used to go to the movies all the time. And then, and then I worked at the movie theater, AMC. AMC in Woodenville. I worked there for over six months so I went to like in that six months I probably saw like 25 movies I probably went to 25 movies there at least maybe 30 but I I, I always went to the movies but and then I, I did that a lot last summer I think I wrote a bunch of blog posts about them about like doing reviews about each movie because I signed up for that like what's it called the AMC like gold pass or whatever like the golden ticket or whatever (laughs) that's what they should have called it should have called it the golden ticket but what was it called like the premier stubs member like the top tier the most expensive AMC stubs membership so I did I only did that for like right when I moved Right when I moved down here. Oh yeah, I forgot I mentioned the weather. That's what I was thinking right before I started. I was like, I gotta talk about the weather. Because it's beautiful today. Here in Northridge, Los Angeles, San Fernando Valley. I was trying to think of like, which part of the San Fernando Valley am I in, do I live in? Like I'm kind of, I would say, North Central. It's kind of North Central. <laughs> it's like an international podcast. So it's it's really... I mean, you guys can pull it up on like Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever. Just to see what the... Because I had no idea. I used to always hear Adam Carolla talk about the San Fernando Valley. Because he grew up here. But he grew up in like the southeast part of it. Over in... North Hollywood, kind of by Burbank, Valley Village. So it's probably, what is it, like 18 miles, 17 miles from here or something, depending on which freeway you go on. I don't know. <laughs> it's the least interesting conversation for. I just picture someone in like Iceland listening. Wait, is Iceland's not the one with ice, though? Greenland's the one with ice. Because I was going to say they were in an igloo. So I guess it's like a Bud Light commercial. <laughs> but, um, yeah, the weather today is beautiful. It's been rainy for the past couple weeks. But this is just a glorious, sunny, blue skies. There's some clouds. There's some clouds out, but... Lots of blue sky, so 
I was thinking earlier today, I was like, just thinking to myself, I wonder if I'm not getting enough sun. But then I remembered where I'm from and where I grew up. Like being from like Seattle, we used to go like two months without seeing the sun. So (laughs) I'm definitely getting plenty of sun down here. It would not. I, I'm I'm used to the clouds, overcast. Grew up with a, especially this time of year. But anywho, all right, let's get. For I just got completely sidetracked and even. Did I even say the first one? I I, I did say that the interview, that was um. The one with, Seth Rogen and James Franco. I wonder if those guys have another movie coming out. They're always working together. I like I like that duo. I like what's I was trying to oh Pineapple Express. Pine oh it used to be on Netflix, but I don't think that I would have seen it when I was scrolling through Netflix earlier today, as I was preparing. This is the most prep the most prep work I've ever done for one of these podcasts <laughs> I actually like put together like a big like a whole yellow legal pad worth of writing I, I actually but now that I think about it I used to do if you if you go back and listen to the to the episodes from last spring I used to always put together because this is the same yellow legal pad my trusty yellow legal pad that I always used to talk about actually this is the other one but I have an identical one over there on my desk but yeah I used to always put together (laughs) just to let you guys in on a little behind the scenes of the podcast but alright so the interview is a good movie it's it's when um, James Franco plays a news anchor that goes to interview Kim Jong-un and hilarity ensues from there. It's a good one. Alright, next we have The Other Guys. Classic Will Ferrell and Mark Wahlberg. It's a funny one. I've already talked about my Will Ferrell movie rankings enough, but I don't think Other Guys definitely is not top three. Because I think for top three, I had Taldega Knights, Anchorman, and then Step Brothers. Actually, I definitely had Step Brothers probably for... I can't remember if I, if I said I liked Step Brothers or Taldega Knights more. But that's my top three, though, for Will Ferrell movies. And that's a good segue, because that was also the next movie on this list, Step Brothers. Gosh, I talk about Step Brothers a lot, but it was definitely, like, my, f- I would probably say that's my favorite Will Ferrell movie, but I do love Talladega Nights, so if Talladega Nights was on Netflix, it would be on this list, but I don't think, I don't believe it is. Give it a Netflix search, though, if you want. Uh, <laughs> do whatever you want. Uh, let's see. 
Next we have The Dark Knight classic. Sure you I don't know. I'd be surprised if you hadn't seen that. It's a very wasn't this movie it was nominated for Best Picture, I think. Pretty sure it was nominated for Best Picture. But it was definitely like the most popular Batman movie ever, I think. I've never seen any of the old Batmans. I don't think I ever watched... I heard the Michael Keaton Batman was really good. Didn't George Clooney play Batman? What? (laughs) Right? It's like the James... We used to be all about James Bond. My brother was a huge fan of James Bond. And it got passed down to me. Cinematic hand-me-down, if you will. <laughs> and I remember my brother had this this giant book that had it had pictures and diagrams of all the different. Oh, I'm like burping up like a bunch of. I just ate a big pile of bagel bites. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah, my brother had a big. Bagel <laughs> No, my brother had a big James Bond book. And um it's really cool. I just remember looking at it. It reminds me of I think it may have been the same brand or the same publisher as this big book of all the different dog breeds. I I used to have. I used to always look through that. I can't remember if we got that book before or after we got Athena, our old Black Lab, Keyshawn Mix, who, R.I.P. Athena, died, what was that, like, summer of 2018? It's been a while now. Gosh. I don't know about you guys, but 2019 went by real quick for me. Just the years. Time goes by fast. You guys ever hear the saying, the days are long, but the years are quick? It's a good one. Uh, All right. Let's see. Next we have The Incredibles 2. This was a great movie. I'm trying to think if... I can't remember if I went to this one with my mom in theaters. Or if, if we just watched it... We, I think we just, yeah, I'm pretty sure we just watched it at, at on Netflix at home, back in Bothell. <laughs> it's just me, just this whole podcast is just me trying to remember. It's gonna be a lot of this, just me trying to remember when I watched this movie. Where was I when I saw this? I definitely recommend The Incredibles too, though. It's a great. The Incredibles was great, and then The Incredibles two was great too. Speaking of great, Groundhog Day. That's Bill Murray, the great Bill Murray. It's a good one. I haven't seen it for years. But it'd be interesting to rewatch it. Just to rewatch it every day. <laughs> uh, dad jokes over here. Just, just watch Groundhog Day at noon every day. Then do a podcast about it. Um, next we have, oh, this one I watched 
really recently, I watched Tusk, the movie Tusk, Kevin James. Um, not Kevin James. Why? <laughs> Kevin James. Wait, why? Did, who am I trying to think of? Kevin Smith. Actually, that's you could see how you could get them confused. I mean, for for one, they're both big guys. Kevin Smith lost a ton of weight though, since he had a heart attack. But then also, Smith and James are just very common. Bland last names. So, I'm defending myself now. But Tusk. Oh my gosh. Tusk. I just watched this movie. Just like within the last month. Like a few weeks ago. On Netflix. And I almost don't want to spoil one of the characters. The the detective character. I'll just, all I'll say. I'll just leave it with this. The, the dude, the... The guy who plays the... I think he's French. He's supposed to be a French detective. That guy is so amazing in it that I didn't even realize it was this actor. And it's um, it's a famous actor. But I didn't even... He, he was so blended in. He was so into this character. And so funny. He, he definitely stole the movie. I think he stole the movie. But... I just don't want to spoil any of Tusk because it's such a crazy movie that it's also one of those it's one of those films that's I need a sip of coffee yeah oh I cleaned out my straw god my (laughs) just to go veer off Tusk for a second my straw had like all this gross gunk it's so disgusting so then I I MacGyvered. I turned it into MacGyver or MacGruber, if you will, <laughs> either one. Um, and I, I taped three toothpicks together. So I made like a extra long toothpick because it's an extra long straw because it's a real, I have a really tall Starbucks cup here. So I MacGyvered, I MacGruvered, MacGruvered. Uh, three toothpicks together and then cleared out my straw and all this like disgusting yellow goop <laughs> goop like it's like uh, the Gwyneth Paltrow company yeah like that stuff just came out it was so gross but just straight into the sink though because I was but my it was just not working my straw was not working like it felt like Remember when, like, back in, like, elementary school, we used to have to, what would we do, like, run in place for a minute, and then, and then you breathe through a straw, and then they tell you, like, that's what it's like if you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day for 20 years, that's what it's like, that's what it felt like, and I was trying to, I was trying to suck coffee through this straw, and it, it just felt it was all like suctioned-y, suctioned up and all gunked up and disgusting. This is such a gross discussion. I don't know why I had to start talking about <laughs> I don't know why I had to start talking about the gross. But anyway, um, what was I saying about Tusk? 
I I think I was just going to say that it's one of those movies that it's best just go into the movie knowing as little as possible. Just you don't want to don't read don't even read a synopsis. Just don't just go in blindly. I mean, that's that's the best way to watch any movie though. Like I don't I almost I haven't been to a movie for a while, but I almost don't want to watch trailers anymore. Just cuz it pretty much gives away like the whole movie nowadays. Just trailers are so invasive. I feel <laughs> I feel like these trailers are invading on my ability to watch a movie without it's like a spoiler alert like there's spoilers in trailers now it's weird but I thought Tusk was good though it stars Justin Long from uh, you'll remember him from remember those Apple Mac versus PC commercials he played the the Mac and then John Hodgman was the PC. John Hodgman does this thing on... He's always on Instagram Live. Like, speaking of which, gosh. I was I was just on Instagram. I'm just spending way too much time on, on my phone. Since I'm just, I'm just sitting at home, quarantining. I'm quarantining myself like everyone, right? But I, I bet... I bet a lot of people can relate. I'm just spending way too much time on my phone. I mean, it's tough though. It's just, I'm like either like listening to podcasts or I'm watching something or maybe I'm reading. If I'm, if I'm being good, I'm reading. Or today I was doing a bunch of air squats. You guys, you should try those out. Like you don't have to have any weight just just stand in place and do as many air squats as you can and you're going to feel the burn <laughs> you're going to feel the pain it hurts a lot more than you realize than you think it's going to it's a really good workout that's something i should talk about good workouts to do in your room or like in your house since all the gyms are closed like the gyms are literally close. So some stuff I've been doing that I would recommend. I would air squats. Do like I would do sets of 40 or 50 is a lot to do at once. Like I would go for like start with like 30 and then work your way up. So do air squats just stand and do a squat but you you got to go down pretty far though like you can't just do like a tiny little thing like you got to you have to go down far enough each time that you feel it each time so do those and then today and yesterday I started doing something that I used to do all the time I used to always do planks not planking Remember planking? What was that, like 2012? Back in like 2012 or something. Planking. Remember that? People used to like stand 
Wasn't that just when you would stand like on something, like just stand like on a fence or like somewhere where you're not supposed to? <laughs> like what? That was such a weird, we used to do weird, oh no, that may have been owling. Remember owling? That's when you would stand on a fence or like stand on something weird. What was planking? Was I think pl- was planking like laying? It may have been like laying down on something. Ah, <laughs> just. But anyway, so yeah, do planks, like go for, <clears throat> like five minutes. Today I, not to brag. I don't want to brag or anything. Sounds like I'm bragging right now about exercising. But this is all stuff that you can do for free in your room, like you. You just do it at home. Just do it right where you are. Or anywhere, pretty much. Just not the gym right now, because the gym is closed. (laughs) 24-hour fitness is closed. Same with all the other gyms, though, I'm sure. Um, So, yeah, do plank. Today, I went five and a half minutes. That's a really, that's a long time. Like, I was feeling it, like, at, like, at like 3.15, like 3 minutes, 15 seconds, I started, my legs started shaking. And I was just, I was really feeling it. But then I just pushed through. <laughs> Once I got to like over 4 minutes, I could, I could f- taste the finish line. Like once you get, once you get close to the end, then you just gotta, it's easier for me at least. Once I get closer to the end, then I just power through. But the hardest part is the middle, like that like three minute mark. Cause like the the beginnings <clears throat> the beginning's easy because you're fresh and you're you're not tired yet. But yeah, the middle. Anyway, oh yeah, other stuff to do in your room. Uh push ups. I haven't done any push ups today, but I've been doing a lot of push ups in the past not like a just in the past like couple weeks. But not a lot. Like, I can't do that many at once, really. Like, if I'm, like, really... I might get, like, 40. But not, like, all consecutively, like, in a quick rhythm. Like, I got, like... I mean, I don't get out of position, but I gotta, like, breathe for a second after, like... God, push-ups are hard. I'm just not... I'm I'm so like lanky, like my arms are so long and like I'm like tall, I'm like 6'3 and lanky. Maybe it's easier to do. I think it might be easier to do push-ups if you're short. I <laughs> that's like a a theory of mine. I don't know. Yeah, push-ups are tough though. I don't I would just do as many push-ups as as you can. Just like go for like if you don't ever do them, just do like a few sets of a dozen, a few sets of 12 or maybe 15. Go for 15 maybe. They're tough though. So no shame and I don't know. I don't, I don't think like push up. They're not, I think I was going to say they're not for everyone, but you can also do like can you do like push-ups kind of on your knees like that kind of 
alleviates the stress on your shoulders. This has suddenly turned into a a workout podcast. Um, yeah, yeah, push-ups are really tough, though. Especially if you do them slowly. It's one of those, it's really weird, but if you do slow push-ups, it makes them way harder. Like, uh, did you guys see the video of Mark Wahlberg and Dr. Oz doing push-ups in the gym? And I think they, I think they said they did 50, but you guys definitely go watch the video because those are not push-ups. Those guys, they're not, they're not, they're hardly going down at all. Like if they were in, if they were in two days in West Texas, their, their coach would be uh, chewing their, chewing their ear out. Is that a phrase? Is that a saying? Chewing them out. <laughs> chewing their ear. <laughs> like he's like Mike Tyson or something. He just starts chewing their ear. But you got, you got to do real push-ups. Like they were, they were going super quick and barely even, barely even bending their elbows. Like they were like doing like, they were doing push-up pump fakes. They were, they were pump faking push-ups. <laughs> like it was, it was weird. But anyway, enough talk about push-ups. Um, jumping jacks. Jumping jacks are always good too. And just all you gotta do is just do them in place. Just don't hit your head on the ceiling if you have low ceiling, or or the you know the ceiling light or whatever if you're tall. But jumping jacks are good. Just do them for like two minutes or whatever. Put on some Kanye or Drake. Put on some pump up music. But um, I think that's everything. I think that's all the essentials for working out in your room, in your humble abode. Planks, push-ups. I never. I don't really do sit-ups, cause I. The only time, I would only do sit-ups if I had. I don't have anywhere to put my feet. Like I need, I need some sort of like table or, you know. To like to put your feet so they so your feet don't move. That's the easiest way to do sit ups, is if you if if you put your feet under something. Cause then if you don't do that, it's really it's tough. Like I was trying to do some sit ups. <laughs> I sounded weak. I sounded weak right there. I was trying to do some sit ups the other day, and yeah, if you don't have if you don't have someone to hold your feet or something to put your feet under, then it's like really tough. It's really tough. But I'm just going to keep doing planks. And that will be my core workout. So I would recommend doing just, yeah, I would recommend doing a plank instead of sit-ups for your core. I think it's a better core workout. And I think the core is the most important. I've heard that. The core is the most important part of the body to work out. It's like it's best if you have a strong core, then it's good for the rest of your body. And um, yeah, just keep going for walks. I didn't go for a walk today. 
but I did I did the plank and that stuff, so I felt satisfied with myself, but hopefully this weather keeps up and the rain the rain goes away. No more March rain. Oh yeah, today's the first day of spring too. And my calendar, the office calendar that my mom bought for me. The office. I love the office. Um, everyone loves the office, all right. What if you never had my mom had never watched the office till she started watching it. And then because then she started listening to the Office Ladies podcast. And then I started listening to the Office Ladies podcast. And I got really into it. And But there's only been like 16 episodes or whatever. Because it just started. But yeah, my, um, my Office calendar here. It says the first day of spring is tomorrow. But then I saw on Twitter today. Twitter. That apparently the first day of spring is today. And then I googled it. Google. Just to confirm. Google to confirm. That's like a new thing that parents gotta tell their kids. Google to confirm. (laughs) It's like a saying that your grandparents wouldn't understand. Um, Alright, so that's Tusk. (laughs) And then next we have... Another James Franco movie. Uh, Seth Rogen's not in this one, though. This is Spring Breakers. This was a good movie. I'm trying to think of who were the girls in this movie. It was Selena Gomez. I think Ashley Benson is her name. Because I, I remember like looking up this movie, and she's married to the director. I can't remember the director's name. Oh, I think Vanessa Hudgens is in this. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Is Selena Gomez, Vanessa Hudgens, and then that the director's wife. Um, it's really good though. Spring Breakers. It's about James Franco plays this he's like a he's like Riff Raff. You know that rapper from Miami. And then James Franco's character is also from Miami. Riff Raff, yeah, Riff Raff is a Miami guy. But I think he's kind of based on... I swear that James Franco's character is based on Riff Raff. Because he's very similar. But it's a great movie. It's, I don't know about great. It's good. I liked it. Also, it's a good party movie. Um. Alright, next one. Ex Machina. This is a great movie. Ex Machina was groundbreaking at the time. Came out a few years ago. I saw that one in theaters. Yeah. Yep. It's good. By the robot. An intelligent robot. Robot. Alright, the next one is Room. Didn't Room? I think this was a another Best Picture nominee. Or did it win Best Picture? Or maybe um, Brie Larson. Yeah, Brie Larson won Best Actress for this movie. She's really good in it. It's the one based on a true story. 
about the girl, Brie Larson. I guess she's like, whatever, like 28 or something. And she gets locked in this room. This guy kidnaps her and her son. Her, I think her, isn't her son like a baby when it, when it happens? Or maybe he's like one or something. I can't remember how long she's kidnapped in the room, but maybe like a year or something. It's really good though. It's a great movie. I definitely would recommend that one. It's very heavy and uh, heart-wrenching. Pulls at your tear ducts. Uh, next one, Hot Rod. God, I lo- I used to love this movie. This was one of my favorite movies back in... I think this one came out in 2007. So I would have been like 14. This I was the perfect age... I was the perfect demographic for this movie because if I saw it now for the first time, I might think it's, it's kind of goofy. It's like super, it's super goofy and it's supposed to be goofy though. It's just dumb humor. It's, it's kind of like stepbrother. It kind of reminds me of stepbrothers. It's, um, Andy Samberg and then, and the Lonely Island guys. It's the Lonely Island guys. And Danny McBride's in it. And Bill Hader. And Isla Fisher. It's really good. It's really funny. Hilarious. Hilarious. It's about uh, Andy Samberg plays like an evil Knievel wannabe. Like an amateur uh, daredevil. And he just... That that's pretty much all you need to know. Just take take it from there. It's hilarious. 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 Alright, next one. Get him to the Greek. That's Jonah Hill and Russell Brand. I haven't seen this movie for a long time. I don't know if I've ever even sat down and watched the whole thing. But I've definitely like if you piece together all the bits and pieces I've seen on TV you can make up the whole movie it's one of those or if I'm trying to remember it may have been one of those movies that I watched like at a friend's house or something when there's like other stuff going on you know like you can't really maybe we were playing like foosball or something while we were watching the movie uh let's see she's out of my league this is a great movie. She's out of my... There's some good movies on this list. She's out of my league has a... Well, stars Jay Baruchel. He's not in... He's not in that much stuff anymore. Like, you don't see... I don't think... I haven't seen Jay Baruchel in a lot, in a lot of stuff lately. But he not he... I think he's a voice in How to Train Your Dragon. So he probably has got... A lot of voiceover work. But T.J. Miller is in this movie too. T.J. Miller is hilarious. I listened to a couple episodes of his podcast. Cashing in. It's pretty funny. And um... Oh yeah, I watched him on Theo Vaughn's... He's good on Theo Vaughn's podcast too. He's just a funny dude. And what else? What else was I going to say? 
she I haven't seen she's out of my league for a long time. It's been because that movie came out in 2010, I think. But I probably haven't seen it forever. So, all right, next one. I think I watched this one. I'm pretty sure I watched this one here. This next one. 21 and over. It's a great movie. This movie's so good. I loved 21 and over. It's and it's filmed at UW, the University of Washington in uh, Seattle near Home Sweet Home for me. So it's basically like a home movie for it's basically a autobiography. <laughs> no, but it's really funny. It's hilarious. It's another funny movie. There's a lot of funny movies on this list. Because I'm a guy who likes... I pretty much like... Um, comedies. I'm burping again, sorry. Excuse me. Comedies. And horror movies. Like the, I like those two genres. Those are two of my... Those are my two favorite genres. I would say. Alright. Speaking of horror movies... I haven't seen the new Zombieland. Because I just looked up and... Because I have the DVD for Zombieland on my shelf over here. But I haven't seen the new one yet. But I love the first Zombieland though. I don't think it's on Netflix. It's a great movie though. It's a great movie. Uh, 21 and over though. Who is... What's Miles Teller. That's He's like the big name in this movie. Miles Teller. And then, what's that other guy's? I think Skylar Austin. Is that, I think that's his name. The other main guy. But Miles Teller is funny. He's in, he's also from another, dude, Miles Teller's in two of the funniest party movies. 21 and Over and Project X. Project X is so underrated. I didn't check if that I don't I didn't see that one on Netflix. But if that one's on Netflix, definitely watch that one too if you haven't seen it. That's a that's fun. That's a funny movie. And a, just a great party movie. I like a that's another one of my favorite genres, party movies. <laughs> like a good party movie. All right. Uh 21 over. Yeah, I just don't want to spoil anything about it other than um yeah, it's funny. All right. Nacho Libre. Oh, I haven't seen Nacho Libre. That one came out. Gosh, this movie came out in like 05 or 06. I don't think I've seen it since like junior high. It's been a while. But Jack Black always delivers. The, Jack Black never fails. He should be in. Jack Black should star in more movies. He's in like Jumanji, but he should be the star of more movies. I I don't know if Bernie is still on Netflix, but Bernie is a great Jack Black movie. It's like a it's a comedy and a horror, not like a horror, but it's kind of a, like a mystery. I like I like a good mystery movie. Um, but yeah, Bernie's good. 
Nacho Libre. Uh, next one, Game Over Man. This was... This is if you're missing... If you miss the workaholic guys. It's the workaholics guys. But... I don't know about the movie, but... It's... Like, those guys have good chemistry, though. So it's fun to just watch them do dumb stuff together. But... It's just a dumb movie all around, I guess. It's supposed to be dumb. Uh, this one, this is one of my favorite movies. This next one, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I love Ferris. This Ferris Bueller's Day Off was my favorite movie at one point in my life. Maybe it still it is. Maybe it still is. I'm looking at a poster right now and it says Leisure Rules. And it's got Ferris Bueller's Day Off. That's what it is. It's one of those movie posters. It says like the rating and like all the actors and producers and all that stuff. Great movie. Love, love it. Talked about it a lot. Next, I think Jay Baruchel's in this next movie. Goon. Also with Sean William Scott. It's the hockey movie. It's a hockey comedy. I think it's like a dark comedy. Goons, I haven't seen Goon for... I never saw the second Goon either. That's another sequel that I missed out on. The second one came out. I didn't see it. The first one's good though. I cannot... It's been so long since I saw Goon that I came and... I don't know. I probably saw it in like... 20... Maybe when I went to Western. Maybe that's when I watched Goon. Back in... 2012, 2013. Next one, another one word title, Click. Adam Sandler, classic movie. This is a great movie. But I I don't think I've seen, I think it's been a long time since I saw this one too. But it's, it's a very simple premise. I don't think it's going to spoil anything. If I tell you, it's the one where... He has a remote control. It's like a universal remote for life. So he just, he can pause. He can pause like everything, pause life or rewind stuff or all that stuff. But then it turns out to be like super sad. It's very, yeah, it's like a lot heavier than you think it's going to be. Because I, I think I remember... It starts out, it's like a lighthearted comedy, but then there's some hard, there's some deep stuff in there. <laughs> uh, next we have Bird Box. This one, I watched this one last January when I moved back to Pullman. Back to the same, to the original A Star is Born HQ, Coffeehouse Apartments. Second floor, across the street from Washington State University. <laughs> the good old HQ. But yeah, I used to watch a lot of movies and TV shows and stand-up specials with my roommates. Like, I actually had some fun, had some fun times in those, in that brief, what was it, like four months or whatever. I lived 
I lived with those with Christopher and Noah. But yeah, that was fun. We watched we watched a lot. Oh yeah, and we always used to play um Super Smash Bros. Yeah, we always always play Super Smash Bros. And I would always use Donkey Kong. I like Donkey Kong's a good character for that game. Cause he's he's heavy, he's not gonna get knocked around. He's got some good moves. Yeah, he's it's just it's a smart, it's a good go to. For me, at least. For me, it's different for everyone. And I would do Kirby. Kirby's good, too. All right. So, Bird Box. Yeah, we watched Bird Box. And, um... It's a good... It's good. I think it was a little overhyped. Like, remember... Remember when everyone was just... This this movie went viral. You know how, like, a, a movie or, like, a TV... Like, Stranger Things went viral... Like occasionally, like a movie or TV show or like a stamp special or something goes viral. I keep saying viral because <laughs> the virus, the the virus is is getting in my head. Um, but no, it's a good movie. It's the one where Sandra Bullock and her family. I think it's her family. They're all blindfolded. They have to like find their way. I don't know if it's like a scavenger hunt or something. <laughs> They're blindfolded. I don't know. Uh, Limitless. Next one's Limitless. Bradley Cooper. It's the one. I like a good a movie where you can do like a 20 second elevator pitch. And it just tells you everything you need to know about the movie. So for Limitless, it is the elevator pitch is he takes a pill that allows him to do anything he wants anything is possible that's it (laughs) that's your whole elevator pitch right there and oh yeah they made a tv show out of it you know it's good if kind of weird when they make a tv show out of a movie do they ever make a movie out of tv show yeah like i guess the south park movie and then the simpsons movie so they do yeah they do that but I don't think the TV show is never really good if they're making it like a remake of a movie. Like, when is it? When's that ever? Oh, Friday Night Lights. That was, that's one. There we go. Man, that was a good, that's a good quick recall right there by me. Wow. I'm impressed by myself right now. Because, <laughs> yeah, the... The Friday Night Lights. I never really watched the TV show, but it was very popular. And it used to be on Netflix, but it's not on Netflix anymore. Neither is the movie. I would definitely recommend the movie Friday Night Friday Night Lights. And there's a book. I think I have the book at home back in Bothell. On that bookshelf in my old room. Pretty sure Friday Night... Yeah, it definitely is. But I never read it. It's before I... I started reading a bunch in 2020. 2020 is like... The year of reading for me. I don't know. Man, I mean... It's definitely... I've I've read more than... The past few years. That's for sure. That's for sure. And not even academic reading just 
reading for recreational, not even medicinal reading, <laughs> recreational reading. Um, all right. Limitless. The Pill. Take the Pill. It was, I remember it being a good movie. There were some good, for some, like, sometimes, sometimes there's like just one specific aspect of a movie that you you remember or it just stands out in your mind. They probably, the director probably was planning on, he probably wanted, he or she, they probably wanted me to remember this, but like there was like this color palette. Like I think they made, like you know how they can jazz up stuff in the special effects? <laughs> That's such a, grandpa way to say it. you jazz stuff up in that special effects room with all the cgi and all that stuff but i think they turned maybe i'm just misremembering stuff or something but i swear that bradley cooper's eyes were like maybe he had like blue contacts on or something but i think that his eyes were like really blue and then there was like some other blue thing <laughs> some other blue thing that maybe that matched his eyes I don't know maybe I'm just remembering it because Bradley Cooper's he's, he's just a good looking man <laughs> there's nothing wrong with I, I'm not too ashamed to it's the funniest thing ever it's so funny when guys you know that a guy is like insecure, is insecure with his sexuality if he can't admit when guys are good looking. <laughs> like, like when a guy's like, I don't know, I don't know if George Clooney's hot. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to tell that. I'm not gay. I don't, I don't know what, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not looking for that. It's like, it's like, it's like come on, man. Like, everyone. It's pretty, like, it's weird how, I used to always think, like, do, like, do hot people realize that they're hot? That's, like, such, like, a deep philosophical question. <laughs> That's, like, a very philosophical question, I think. It, it, it's, it's, like, almost hurts my mind to think about it. Like, do hot people think they're hot or realize it? Because... I think everyone, because you see yourself differently than other people see you. And also, excuse me, you can never, when you see your reflection in the mirror, that reflection, oh, I keep burping up this coffee I just sipped. Um, That reflection is different than like someone just looking at you like in the room. So... But what's my point? I think um, I think it depends on like your self-esteem and like your like self sense of self-worth, like how you feel about yourself. Because like I'm not I don't know, like because it, it kind of makes you sound like super like douchey and like blowhardy, like f- and like full of yourself. Like it's it's not in. It's not in like the like American culture to like to like to, cuz it sounds like you're bragging 
if you just talk about how hot you are, you know, like it's better. It's like hotter if it's always hotter if a girl doesn't realize that she doesn't realize that she's hot. But that's what I kept. That's what I was asking about in the first place. Like I don't think, I don't think it's possible for, because um, I think it's obviously different for guys versus girls because there's different standards and like different values that we put on attractiveness. Because like, yeah, like I've people talk about this all the time, but like, like guys can be like guys can be like million like you could be rich like a millionaire and then you could be like the ugliest guy in the world but then have like the hottest the hottest girlfriend i mean if i'm just laying out the basics like this is <laughs> this is like society 101 what i'm talking about right now but um yeah like our society like our culture just places higher values on um what girls look like, what females look like. Cause yeah, it's like, it's kind of funny when guys are ugly. Like, <laughs> you know, what I, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not like, like, it's like more, it's, this sounds mean and like cruel, but it's more like, God, this sounds so terrible. It's more sad. It's sadder if, if it, God, this sounds terrible. <laughs> I'm just going to say it anyway. It's sadder when girls are ugly versus when it's more like funny if a guy is ugly, but sad if a girl's ugly. Because, you know, because just like I was saying, because a guy can because a guy can become rich and then get the get the hottest girl. But if if an ugly girl becomes rich, then there i guess there could be it maybe if a guy was like super lazy and <laughs> and he if he if he turned into like a a male he could become like a male gold digger you know what i mean but there's not you don't see a lot of you i mean even any guy all right here's what i'm trying to say uh what am i trying to explain right now um <laughs> so Here's what here's my main point is, and I think this is pretty basic, but maybe the female listeners don't realize this, but I think I think all the male listeners definitely know exactly what I'm talking about um so if there's like a forty a forty year old ugly woman, <laughs> just I'm talking like ugly just objectively ugly woman um versus a 24 like a 23 year old like objectively sexy woman but then the 23 year old is a hostess at Applebee's and then the 40 year old ugly woman is the CEO of a cosmetics company you know like she's like the CEO she's she's a millionaire she's the top dog but then um any any guy would uh if he, if he this sounds so bad the way i'm putting it any guy if he, if there was like a dating show where if you could you could just choose which one you wanted to go on a date with i'm 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 definitely going to i think like 
like 99% of guys would go with uh, the Applebee's hostess. <laughs> and also, there's also a weird uh, like power dynamic, like power struggle, because usually like like our societal values, um, like usually the male is the breadwinner. This is all like old school. This is all like traditional. Yeah, like traditional stuff, you know. Um, I'm not breaking any new ground right now. But yeah, I think that's that's kind of interesting because that kind of plays a part into it. Because I bet a lot of guys would be like uncomfortable if um, if their lady was making all the money. Because then like, because then it's like just like a weird reversal of roles or whatever. But now, not in, not in today's society though. Not in not in like a like the PC like feminist. Um, then like everybody can be like the breadwinner in that society, you know. But I'm just talking about the way that it's always been. Like you you guys know what I'm. You know what to which I refer. Like I'm not. I'm not saying anything that hasn't been said already a million times, which maybe I should. Maybe I should come up with some more original. <laughs> oh, my God. I love when I crack myself up, come up with some more original content. But no, I think I I just stumbled into like an interesting conversation because like because I think like for some, like, I don't know, like, you know, like the, oh my God, the most, I, I, that sentence didn't make any sense when I just said the last 20 seconds. Um, the guys who annoy me, who are the most annoying and like the fakest people in the world are the, the dude, the guys who act like feminists. Like, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of tough. Like, I don't know. Like, are there a lot of... Is it possible for, like, a, like a straight... Just like a... I, it could be any... He doesn't have to be white. It could be just like a... Just like a straight dude. Because I think it's probably a little... I mean, I think it's easier... I don't know. Now, now I'm like... I'm treading... <laughs> I'm just like wandering into like... I feel like I'm wandering past like a bunch of like trespassing signs right now. <laughs> like warning signs. Like be careful like what you're saying right now. Um, God, what was I about to say? God, I don't think that's, con- that's not controversial to say that. <laughs> I like how, I like how I just come up with like, like I don't have to be talking about like any of this stuff, but like it may- I'm just making it more difficult. I'm just making an obstacle course for myself. But what was I going to say? I think it's just, it's tough for just like a, like a straight white male like myself um, to be, a, to honestly be like a, a feminist. <laughs> like, like without, like, I feel like you're just lying because you're just trying to get you're just trying to get pussy. Like, I don't know how else to, I, I, I'm sorry to be crass, you know, but that's like the simplest way to put it is 
you're just you're just such a a liar <laughs> you're just being a liar because because you want to like you know those people who would like like lie to like this is probably like all of hollywood probably like with all the, like the hollywood politics like i'm sure like there's definitely a lot more conservative actors and actresses but i mean actresses are included when do you know like when you say actors it includes the umbrella it's an umbrella term that includes actresses um there's definitely a lot more conservative people who work in hollywood but they're too scared they're too scared to like say what they really believe in cuz cuz they want to work cuz they <laughs> so they'll just like toe the company line and just say whatever just say stuff that they don't believe just make stuff up uh just to get jobs but yeah that's like cuz there's a there's like an ideology in like hollywood but yeah it's like feminist and liberal and uh, i don't know you guys know what i'm talking about this this has been this is cup territory that's been covered i don't know what my point was when i started talking about all this i guess i was my main point was just how oh yeah because i was talking about i wonder if hot people if like attractive people know that they're hot hmm and i think i think it's pretty easy to tell because i the main you know i just realized the main way i could like i don't want to be like now now it sounds like i'm bragging but i i i hate to i don't want to <laughs> i'm having so much trouble forming complete sentences for the past few minutes i don't know why i keep like stuttering and like starting sentences and stopping you guys can tell um it sounds like i'm bragging but i guess this is like a humble brag or something like i don't think i'm like like a sexy like model guy but i i would consider myself i would consider myself like better looking than the average person like i don't think that's i don't think that's anything too crazy to say but the main reason i mean better looking than the average dude <laughs> i don't it's kind of tough to compare my looks to girl to females but um what was i gonna say uh well, oh yeah the way that i can tell that is by comparing myself to others to to other guys like just now it sounds like i'm just <laughs> now it sounds like i'm just walking around like looking at like how hot is how hot is this dude <laughs> is this dude hotter than me <laughs> I just I'm like all of a sudden I'm like all right all right I'm gay all right I'm gay um <laughs> no I'm not like <laughs> oh my god I just cracked myself I just cracked myself up no I'm not like constantly like measuring how attractive other men are <laughs> um but no I mean like it's just something like you I think you just do it honestly like subconsciously. Like I find myself 
It's just something that you just do without, you do it without even thinking. You just, you judge people. Like we all, everyone just judges people by their looks. Like I don't, I don't get it when people, when people don't want to admit, that's like the super, it's part of the super woke, the super woke, super liberal, progressive, uh, social justice warrior stuff. But, um, like not wanting to admit that, like you can't help but judge someone by what they look like. Cause that's, cause that's like all you know about them. That's all you're presented with. Like, I can't, I can't read your mind. Like, I can't, I can't look at your, I can't just look at you and like, come up with all your memories or all the information about you, you know? Like, all you, unless you, until you get to know someone, all you can do. I never really thought, that's kind of an interesting point. Yeah, until you get to know someone, all you can do is judge them by what they look like. Because people always say, like, don't judge a book by its cover and, like, don't profile people. But I don't know. (laughs) Now it just says, now it just sounds like I'm racist. (laughs) No, I don't, I don't mean, no, I think we just, like, once again, I, I think it's just something that we do without even realizing it. Like we just subconsciously judge people by what they look like and put them in categories because until we talk to them, because we can't really talk to everyone. So like sometimes, and I think profiling gets like a bad rap because sometimes, sometimes profiling is the, like the best thing to do in a situation. Like, like what if you're, what if you're walking on like a dark street at midnight and then there's a crazy looking guy with like a wild beard and like rips clothing like you can tell that he's like on drugs and like homeless and he's just all like methed up or something like a then that's profiling like you're looking at this person and you're judging them and then you cross the street you know like that's what any smart person would do. They would cross the street. Cuz cuz you're profiling, cuz you're making a smart decision, like judging someone, judging the situation, like it's midnight, you're walking in like a unsafe area. Like you're if you're like by yourself, it's yeah, and, and then that makes sense. That's like a time where I think there's lots of times where um Hey, just got profile, you know. He's he's got keep profile, man. Just keep profile. <laughs> the way I said that, you just got profile, man. Just keep profiling. Just get out there and keep profiling. But like another thing I thought of was like, like you would profile. Like, what if you saw like an old lady? If you see like an old lady driving on the road, versus like a young man, like a young man like my age, like then you you prof like the the young man is definitely going to drive faster and more probably maybe more reckless but then the old lady will probably she'll, she'll drive slow but then she might have like trouble seeing like she might have like vision problems or something so 
or my she'll have like slower reflexes, you know. So um, that's another situation where you prof. There's all types of situations. Like people just hear profiling, and then it's like one of those words that gets like tossed. It gets tossed into the evil pile, and it's like those are things that, like. People, like good people don't do is what some people think or what I guess that's what like uh woke people yeah <laughs> that's what the woke uh the woke crowd think um man I've gotten so far off this list right now all right let's get back where I kind of want to wrap I want to wrap up that whole I still haven't determined if like I think that I don't know. Like I think that hot like hot girls like realize that they're hot. <laughs> I don't know though. Cuz they have like I'm sure lots of people have um like body dysmorphia. Like yeah, like that's kind of goes in line with what I was talking about earlier with how we see ourselves differently than other people see us. Yeah. But I'm sure it's definitely just like an individual case by case basis. It's different for everyone. Um, yeah, and probably just all comes back to self esteem and self worth. But and I think oh, also you're definitely lying. Like I've I've noticed. Well, this is it's been amped up to eleven since I moved here to Los Angeles because. What you look like is pretty much almost like it's like ninety it's it's like ninety percent of 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 everything down here is is what you look like it's your look like people are very skin deep very shallow and um yeah like that's how like I think that's how like people like that's how like auditioning works is the the casting people, the judges, the Simon Cowles. That'd be funny if there's like a Simon Cow of auditioning. Um, he's uh, Simon Cow. God, Simon was one of the greatest. He's definitely the greatest reality TV judge of all time. Simon Cow, bar none, hands down. But yeah, auditioning people, they just know what they're looking for. It's like a specific look. And um, yeah, everything is just very, and everyone here is just so like obsessed with what they look like and like, like what their hair looks like and oh my God, just everything. So people are very, but, and then like, but then when you're growing up, you would always be taught by adults, like your parents and teachers that it doesn't really matter. I mean, I think this is like a good lesson to teach people though. Because you can't control it. Because you can't really control what you look like. Unless unless you pay for a bunch of plastic surgery. But then that never really works out. And then you always... You pretty much always end up looking like someone who has like plastic surgery. Like there's a... I, I, I think I can tell when people have plastic surgery. Because that's how, that's how you know it's good plastic... Plastic surgery... Is like referees. You know it's good plastic surgery if you can't tell. 
Just like you know it's a good referee if you didn't notice them the whole game. That's how you know it's a good referee is if you didn't notice them. Just like it's good plastic surgery if you didn't notice it. See, that's a good little... Was that is that simile or a metaphor? I can't remember. Simile is the one where you say, like. So that was a simile. But, yeah, plastic surgery, it just, I think, like, nine times of, like, 99% of the time does not, it doesn't work out. I would, I would just, unless it's for, um, I'm talking about, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, optional, optional plastic surgery. Because you know how, like, people always be like, what about the people who, like, have, like, cleft palates or, like, get, like, disfigured in, like, an accident? It's like, of course I'm, <laughs> I'm not, like, a monster. Of course I support plastic surgery for those people. But I'm I'm talking about, like, the Hollywood, I'm talking about Hollywood plastic surgery. And it just, it just doesn't. Like, even, like, the lips. Like, I I just see it everywhere. Like, even, like, not even that old of, old of ladies. Like, like, women in their 30s. I'm seeing women in their 30s with, like, their lips. You guys know, like, they have, like, the permanent duck lips. You know when you get the permanent, you get stuck in ducky face? God. <laughs> it just doesn't look good. But anyway, or you get like the eyebrows, they get like the, the pointy, the eyebrows are pointy at the ends and they're always like slanted, they're slanted inward or, or the, uh, what's it called? Like a cheek lift. I think that's like not, not butt cheeks, but that's another thing that everyone's doing is like the butt. (laughs) That's just so messed. That's just so disgusting and despicable and like absolutely like our founding fathers would be like if yeah that'd be the most fun (laughs) yeah (laughs) i just pictured myself like adam carolla uh he used to do a bit what was it called like 1780s man where he would like describe modern day things to like the 1780s guy so I just want to describe butt surgery or, or just show like some pictures of like, of like these big Bertha, like beach ball, beach ball bottoms. That sounds like a good, <laughs> like a good, like AOL email address, beach, <laughs> beach ball bottom, <laughs> beach ball bottom 22. My, my aim screen name, my AOL instant messenger screen name it was clean shorts 22 with the z at the end 7s um and then greg williams uh what was his llamas and eggs how do i remember that how do i remember greg's yeah that's awesome i have a good memory for like random useless information just random stuff and then steven um Steven Ungrex was, it was like red, I think it was red rubber, like nine, maybe 1972. Be like a weird, it'd be a random year to choose. Like 20, 21 years before he was born. 
I think it was 1972. God, AOL screen names. There were some good ones. Um, that AOL is that's that was like texting before texting. Truly, you had to sit at your computer to text. My goodness, what was I talking? <laughs> I just completely lost my. All right, wow, what was I? Oh yeah, I was talking about the butt cheeks. That's right. I was talking about giant butt cheeks. <laughs> I just like instantly remember. Oh yes, the big butt cheeks. But there's definitely like a sweet spot for like like the Instagram booty. Like what's her like Iggy Azalea? Doesn't isn't she got pretty isn't she got pretty good? <laughs> I think she's got a pretty good one. I I don't wanna God. There's so that's so crazy that that's like a job. Is that a job? Are people making how much money do you think these Instagram models are making? Like that's kind of interesting. Like I never like are they is that their only job? Like I wonder I wonder if they're making like like a hundred grand a year, you know? Like like a good I would which is a ton of money. Like I always love, <laughs> I love it when I hear like a, like Joe Rogan or like Adam Carolla, talking about like money, and then they'll be like, a hundred thousand a year, and they don't think it's that much. But I mean, it's because for them it's, because they make like millions. I mean, especially Joe Rogan. Like Joe Rogan, makes like at least like a hundred million a year. Cause I, I remember looking up, I looked up how much money he makes each episode of his podcast. And it's like some ridiculous, it might be, I'm trying to remember. I think it might be like, it's not half a million, but it might be a hundred thousand is what it said. Like he makes like, a hundred thousand dollars per episode on all the advertising and all that stuff, which is just insane. Cause then if you think about maybe it was only 50,000, but either way he does, he does five episodes a week. So even if it was 50,000, that's a quarter million a week <laughs> just from his podcast. And then he also makes money from he does arenas. He he goes around and does stand up comedy in a, which how much and then how much money do you think? God, this is this podcast has gone all over the place. <laughs> how much money do you think he makes for doing? All right, let's try to do a little bit of math, guys. Here I'm gonna do this top of the head. For a twenty thousand seat arena, times fifty dollars a ticket, that is. That's a million, and then divide that in half. Wait, did I do that math correct? 20,000, yeah, 20,000 times 50 is a million. I would just, and then take, wait, that's insane, because even if he only makes, even if he only made 10% of that, that would be 100,000. So, oh my God, I'm, cause I've, um, 
Now this is maybe it's not as fun for other people to think about this, but it gets me kind of excited when I think about like I think about like how lucrative like this business, like the business that I want to be in that I, I like the business of show. <laughs> I love when people say that the business of show show business is it could be so lucrative like you could make like if you're like Tom Cruise or Tom Hanks or something if your name's Tom like you can make 20 million from a movie or if you're Joe Rogan you can make you can make hundreds of millions from your podcast and doing stand up and this is like all stuff that like stuff that like you you would do for free basically like like things that you would do as a hobby like i would i would like love to like star in movies and travel doing stand up but then but then put on top of that the fact that they're going to pay you millions of dollars to do it so pretty much pretty much you get to do like the coolest job ever and you get paid more per hour than than anyone god that's insane cuz yeah just do that math if you do the math it's real simple real simple math here 20,000 tickets times $50 a ticket is 1 million and then take one tenth of that and like Joe Rogan he probably makes more than a tenth of it like you would think that Joe Joe Rogan would make more than a tenth a tenth of the door or whatever so he's making he makes six figures for one night for one night work wait that, <laughs> oh my god like these numbers like phys, like literally do not like they do not compute like these <laughs> like these numbers don't add up but i think i think they're fairly accurate cuz he does he does do $20,000 or 20,000 seat arenas and you know that his tickets are at least like I've never I haven't looked at the prices for Joe Rogan tickets but I'm sure they're I bet they're over 50 bucks I bet they're over 50 so just do that math like he's making god that's see that's that's not the whole reason why I want to do like this entertainment thing of course it's not the whole reason like I just, I do, I do all this stuff for free. <laughs> I just do it for the love because I love podcasts so, and I love creating stuff. So it's like a perfect meeting. It's a perfect compromise of all these different things I love. I love listening to podcasts. So I like, it's just like I'm providing, providing what I love. But I mean, still though, think about that. He's making... Joe Rogan, <laughs> it's not that, I'm sure it's not that fun. I mean, it's just interesting to me. It's it's interesting and like really like inspiring and like it just inspires me that anything is possible because he's earning, yeah, you know that he's earning six figures for doing, he he probably does less than an hour of stand-up because he's always He's always going with like Dave Chappelle and like uh he brings openers and stuff. So 
I don't know. It's just kind of it's cool. It's interesting to me. Maybe it's just maybe it's just because I'm really interested in stand up comedy and podcasts and this, this business. Maybe that's just why I find it interesting. But I mean, everyone's you're everyone's interested in money. Like I used to be like not that long ago, like just a few years ago. I didn't I didn't value I didn't put like the the correct value on money. Like I didn't value money like I should. Like I think I've really stepped it up in the past since summer since summer 2018. Since I was that's when I was mowing lawns in Seattle. That was like a, I was just thinking back, I was reflecting on that the other day. And that was a really fun job. Like I had like a lot of fun mowing lawns in Seattle, just all around cuz I got to see so many just beautiful, breathtaking vistas and like sights and like lots of like really nice houses cuz we would always just mow these people's lawns and lots of different neighborhoods of Seattle that I'd never been to and always spending time outside like outside all the time every day or just driving around in the truck and it was like a good workout it's like you pretty much didn't even have to go to the gym it was like your workout for the day you're pretty much just being paid to work out like like being a lawnmower being a lawnmower is like it's almost like being like an amateur like an amateur athlete like i would call you're you're definitely you're you're like some form of athlete cuz you have to be you can't be like 450 pounds and like mowing lawns like you won't you won't do it like you won't finish or like you won't fit you won't you won't fit in the spaces or you just you won't complete it like it's like it's not like a very it's not like a painstaking physical task but it wasn't always easy like it is definitely like I would always break a sweat every day so yeah like you're like an amateur athlete being like a lawnmower also I remember on cheap seats the old Sklar Brother ESPN Classic show, Cheap Seats, one of my favorite shows back in the day. You can watch all of them on YouTube. Watch Cheap Seats on YouTube. It's so funny. Um, they Because they just watch old sporting events and then talk over them and make fun of them. So one of the old sporting events they watched was lawnmower races. So this was different. It's not the push style that we would use. It's the, like the John Deere that like you ride on with your grandpa. I remember my grandpa, that's like my lasting memory of my grandpa. Cause I think, I think I was only six years old when he died. My dad's dead, but I just have a memory of sitting on the green tractor. I wonder if it was a John Deere, just sitting on the, green tractor with with my grandpa going for a ride around around the lawn and must have been south wait i wonder if that was may, maybe bozeman 
that might have been in Bozeman, Montana. I, because I can't remember where my grandma and grandpa lived. They, I don't know. Because then, because my grandma lives, my grandma's always lived in Rapid City, South Dakota. But she may have moved there. Maybe she moved there right after her husband died. Um, yeah. What? <laughs> what? I'm like, what? What was I saying? I've talked, I've gone on so many tangents that I'm just like, I could not even make my way back to the beginning of this tangent. So let's just, let's just keep plowing forward. Let's just onward, as Theo Vaughn says on his podcast, onward. All right, next we have National Treasure. God, I love National Treasure. If I've talked a lot about my love of Nicolas Cage. That was one of the first, one of my favorite things I wrote in my blog like right right when I began writing it was because I started my blog in uh, thegoat1.blogspot.com you can find it in my Instagram and all that all that stuff Twitter Twitter um, I started my blog in August 2016 that's right when I went back to school right when I went back to college and that was right after Speaking of grandma, Doreen, it was right after the Minnesota family reunion, Minnesota, that was a celebrate, it was in celebration of grandma Doreen's 80th birthday. So yeah, that was really fun. That was, oh my gosh, I've never had so much, that might have been the most fun, like six days or whatever, like the most fun week of my whole life. It may have been like, do you ever can like you think of like a time? I mean, I have some other like, like when me and Brett, oh my God, another most fun week of my life was when me and my friend Brett Hogue visited our our other friend, Brian McAfee at Cornell. Oh my God. That was just unheard of. That was, that was just so much fun because we were... We were only 19 and just thinking back because that God, I'm like, I'm just thinking back to that. Like we were so young, like we didn't even realize because like you think that you're like grown up and like you think you're an adult when you're only 19, but you're only, we're only one year removed from high school. I mean, I was just like thinking back, like we were just children at 19 Compared to now, I'm about to be, I'm about to be 27 next month, at the end of next month. But um, God, the big the big 27. Hopefully, I can stay alive. Good thing I don't um play an instrument. <laughs> Good thing I'm not a rock star, right? Right, guys. Um, yeah, that's a classic dad joke right there. The 27 Club. Yeah, because you got Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix. Janis Joplin, Amy Winehouse. Those are four. I'm sure there's another one that I'm forgetting. But those are four giant rock stars that died. Wait. Oh, what? Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison from The Doors. 
He was 27, wasn't he? That's five giant rock stars. That's that's just weird. Like that's weird that it's weird that Amy Winehouse, like that's like a recent what was that like 2009 or something or 2010. But it's like why does she she had to be 27 and like she's a rock star, like it's it's weird. But now but now it's just rock stars aren't aren't what they used to be. Like now it's not it's not about the rock stars anymore. It's about like the pop stars. It's about the like the Taylor Swifts and Katy Perry's, Miley Cyrus's. And then also all the uh rappers. Like rap is I think in the past decade there's been like a big like rap resurgence. Like like YouTube rap. Like YouTube has had like a really big impact on rap, I think. I need to drink some water. I'm so parched right now. But oh my gosh. I've just discovered oh that feels so good to stretch my legs. My legs are a little sore. Prepare to be sore if you're gonna do a bunch of air squats. But um yeah, I think YouTube and SoundCloud and Spotify like all those things have collectively created like this new rap culture. It's really cool. Like a lot of good a lot of good rap music has came out of it. Cuz I was never like I'm not that big of a fan of like the the aughts, the aughts rap. Like is the aughts sounds kind of weird. I usually just call it the 2000s. But some people call it the aughts. The zero zeros. Double zeros. Uh, the James Bonds. Double 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 O's. <laughs> Excuse me, I keep burping. But um, there's definitely some good songs. Like Eminem songs from back in the day. And like Flo Rida. Remember Flo Rida had some good songs. <laughs> Pitbull. Oh, Pitbull was always good. I wouldn't consider Pitbull rap though either. Um, he's more like Pitbull is kind of like a a dude version of Taylor Swift, almost. But I'm trying to think of another one of my most fun weeks of my life. So the Cornell was really fun. It was fun. God, we just yeah, because you just are partying like. We were just out of control because I wasn't like a professional, not that, not that I'm a professional drinker now, but, or even like the wisest drinker, like I can still, I try to keep myself (laughs) under, I mean, it's kind of hard. I'm the kind of guy who I always have a lot more, I always get way more rowdy when I'm with like friends. So like I, I can like keep it I can just not drink. Like if I'm like by myself, I just never drink. But then but then sometimes if I'm with like old friends, I'll get like a little rowdy, you know? <laughs> like I, I might have a little bit too much. But I've all man, I need I have some control issues <laughs> some self control issues. But I mean I've always been thankful that like I just never 
I never really have the urge to drink like by myself. Like I haven't, I haven't had a sip of alcohol for over a month. Like I just don't do it that often. And then like occasionally I'll do it if I'm doing like stand up though, you know, cause like you're like in a bar. It's like, that's like a, but then you just got to learn. Like, I mean, I, I have to learn, like, that's something I have to work on. Like, just cause I go to an open mic at like, like I know it's going to be at a bar and I know they're going to have like beer there. <laughs> like you don't have to have like to have a drink just cause you go there. You can, you can just get a, a diet Coke or a root beer, but yeah, I'm like the guy, <laughs> I'm the guy, cause there's something in my brain, like if I have like trust, like old friends that I trust, then like, I know that for, it's like this terrible, like childish thing inside me. They're like, I know that they won't let something terrible. <laughs> I know that they're not going to let terrible things happen to me. Like I know, I know that they got my back. That, but that's like that's that's too like uh, codependent almost. Like I'm, but I mean I I guess, but it comes back to like to trust because maybe I just trust too much. But I mean, then again, like my friends, like they usually, like they never really let me down. <laughs> like I I've gotten like. I've just gotten, I've definitely partied too hard before and then been the guy that, that my friends have, uh, like helped take care of. I've been that dude. (laughs) I've been that dude before. I've been that dude too many times. I mean, just too many times. Cause there's, cause you know, like with drink, like with alcohol, like, you know what I'm talking about when you're like partying with friends, like old buddies that you never get to see anymore um or new buddies or whatever but there's like a sweet spot of there's like like two and a half drinks in or something or like three three and a half drinks in there's like a sweet spot of like where you're at like the top of the roller coaster you know (laughs) and you're just like you're looking at the view like you're looking at the ocean and then like you know you can like see like your apartment, you see your house like way down there and like you see the freeway. But like you guys, I mean, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Like there's a sweet spot, but then once you go past it, it's pretty much like the point of no return is kind of what happens. <laughs> but I, I've never really been like, I've never been much of a heavyweight for some reason. Cause I'm not like a small person. I'm I'm six three. I've always been like a hundred eighty pounds, which so there's people who are like most people are heavier than me. Like I'm I'm on the skinny side for sure. But like I get pretty. It always just depends on how much I've eaten and how recently I've eaten and how much water I'm drinking. Cause Sometimes I'll just, sometimes I just get way too drunk just from a little bit, you know? <laughs> this has turned into like a therapy session. <laughs> I don't know why I'm just all of a sudden just, it's a therapy session. But 
I'll pre- I usually just feel better if I just don't drink. But the only time I ever really want to drink is is like a it's like a friend reunion, you know, or like a family reunion. Like man, that that Minnesota Minnesota I I definitely had some I was pretty much drunk that whole week. <laughs> I was there were so many beers. Like I just remember we had so many like different six packs and like 12 packs and you had like the cheap beers and then you had like a bunch of ciders and oh my god. The ciders are dangerous for me cuz they're so tasty. Like they're so good. You don't even taste the alcohol. And yeah, ciders are dangerous. Oh, that was a fun night. This was this I just remembered a real fun night of drinking was <laughs> it was um this is a funny story actually. Um this is funny cuz it was super embarrassing for me. So here's what happened. It was um my sister's graduate <laughs> I'm just laughing just thinking about it. I have to make it to the punchline here. Um my sister's graduation party in Spokane. Uh, she graduated from Gonzaga, Go Zags. Would have been, would have been playing meaningful college basketball at this time of year, normally. But um, God, this is fun. So yeah, we had like a bunch of the cider. The cider reminded me of it because my mom bought like a ton. I think she got from Costco. It was like these little like five ounce cans of cider, just different flavors. Like one of those apple, cherry, and then another one probably. And um, yeah, I had way too many of those. Those were too good. And then I just remember being in my, so we're at my sister's house and she has like 10 roommates but um they're like all her friends though and i think we were all like drunk at this point in the night and um <laughs> and uh oh yeah so i'm just looking at, we're in the kitchen and i'm just looking at my sister's fridge and i was i just pointed a picture of a red-haired a red-haired person in like a a wetsuit and they're surfing and i was like who's that dude? I said, who's that dude? And then all my, like, like all my sister's friends, like they all laugh. Like they all just like lose, everyone just loses it laughing. (laughs) And I'm like, what? And then they're like, it's her. Like, it's like, it's, it's Tina or like Taylor or whatever her name is. Like it was one of, it was one of my sister's girl roommate roommates <laughs> and i i just like i felt like really bad like instantly but it was also like super funny and like embarrassed it was like a weird like cocktail of strange feelings of like embarrassment and like but it was so funny and then like i felt ter- i felt so like shameful and like I felt bad <laughs> and then I was like all drunk and then <laughs> but god that that's see I just that was so funny and I just remembered it ever since um all right 
Back to the list. <laughs> Back to the list we go. So National Treasure. Definitely watch all the... I think... Because I think National Treasure... I swear that I heard it's going to go to Disney+. Plus, and I don't have Disney+. Plus Unless my mom... My mama might have it. But she hasn't... She hasn't alerted me to that. So... But I never... It's not like I... It's not like I don't have enough things to watch. Like, that's such an... It's so weird. Like, why don't people just choose? Like, why can't you just choose one of the streaming services to subscribe to? Like, do you really need Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and HBO? Like, you need... Like, you need, like, all those, like, different streaming services? Because you could watch... You would never finish everything on Netflix. Like, there's so much stuff on Netflix. And then also, also YouTube. If you have a smart TV, you can just watch YouTube on it for free. And there's, like, all the podcasts. And I'm sure there's, like, a bunch of movies and TV shows on YouTube. So, yeah, it's just, it's weird to me that people subscribe to, like, like, they pay $10 a month to, like, four or five different streaming services. It's just so much. <laughs> Cause they're like, I need to see this show, this one show from this one, and then this one show from that one, and then this show from that one. But I think pe- people just they think they need to see this stuff. But it's like you're gonna be just as happy if you if you don't watch those things. <laughs> like you're not gonna be sad if you don't see the latest Game of Thrones. Not that that's not even a current reference anymore. Now that that show's done with Thank God. <laughs> I was always I was always sick of people talking about Game of Thrones. I was never really a big Game of Thrones fan. Always kinda just seemed like softcore porn to me. Kind of just like a raunchy Lord of the Rings almost. But uh, yeah, all right. Anyway, <laughs> Back to the Future Three. Oh my God, I love the Back to the Future series. I've talked about that before. I think I may have said that. Did I say that that's my favorite? Oh no, I definitely like uh, Pirates of the Caribbean even more, or and National Treasure. That might be my top three. Those might be my top three franchises right there in no particular order. Pirates of the Caribbean, National Treasure, and Back to the Future. But, oh yeah, and I heard, I think I may have talked about this before, but they're they're doing National Treasure 3. It's, it's so, I'm excited for it. I can't wait. National Treasure 3 long awaited like when did the second one what was the second one like back in like 2010 or something like I don't know maybe earlier than that it's been a long time but just like uh, Incredibles 2 I think there was like because I think Incredibles 2 was like 2017 and then the first Incredibles was 2003 I'm really good at remembering years that things happened for some reason because 
like I've said, like I know like all the World Series winners like by heart somehow. Like I've gone over this before, but I just know so many, not all of them, but I I could probably name all of them back to like definitely back to the 60s. But then you guys would just think that I'm just looking at a list. I've done this before though. I remember on the podcast, I've I've rattled off a bunch of World Series winners before. Oh wait. Didn't, I think we did that. I'm pretty sure that we did that in the episode with Sean Roper with my old friend my old friend Sean Roper back in almost a year ago. Cuz that was right before my birthday. Right before my birthday. Gosh. That was so fun. Definitely go back and listen to those. We recorded. <laughs> we recorded for. We went for like. Three and a half hours. And then we stopped for five minutes. And then. <laughs> and then we were like. Let's just do. A little ten minute. Like roundup. We were like let's just do a little ten minute like after show. And then we ended up going another three and a half hours. <laughs> so. <laughs> So we we ended up podcasting for seven hours in one day. And that was so much fun. I want to just, oh my God, I want to just live stream. Like, I think I I would seriously have fun. I'm probably just saying this now, but I think I always thought that I would be a great reality TV contestant. Like, I think... Like, I'm likable. Like, I think I'm good at... I'd be good at, like, setting up alliances. Oh, spe- oh, yeah. If we're thinking about... I don't know. If we're thinking Survivor versus... Or, like, the real world. Because those are, like, my two big ones. Or Jersey Shore. I love Jersey Shore. But you have to be, like, a Guido. I'm not a Guido. So, <laughs> I I would be on it if they ever made, like a like, a Pacific Northwest, like hipsters version of Jersey Shore (laughs) and they just have like a bunch of guys in like flannels and then like with beards you'd have the what else would you have you'd have guys in flannels with beards and then you'd have some guys with mustaches and then you'd have lots of lots of knit hats and beanies lots of big glasses like big hipster glasses and like all that, all that stuff, you know, <laughs> um, but no, I loved, I've always had like a soft, I've loved reality TV my whole life, like I was thinking, the other day I was thinking, I've been a fan of reality TV since I was like seven years old, because, because I was looking at the first Survivor I remember watching I I watched the whole season of the second Survivor. So this and I think I was maybe eight years old when that like seven or eight when the second Survivor. That's when uh the second one. That's when Colby. Yeah. No, Colby and Tina. Wait, did Tina win? That's when they were in Australia. And then in the oh my gosh, in the finale. I'm pretty sure Colby, he like rode in 
with like a motorcycle. And he was wearing a cowboy hat because Colby always wore a cowboy hat. Colby was really cool. And uh, but I think Tina won. I'm pretty sure that was her. Like she was like a blonde lady, Tina. And um, and then the third one was Africa, and that's when Ethan won. And that that's when I called it. Oh yeah, I remember. Like I think it was like the first episode. I remember this was like a thing. This was a thing. Back in the day when I was growing up, I I used to. Because I called it. I called Ethan winning. I was like, that guy's going to win in like the first episode. And, then, and he was like this. He was just like nobody. Like he was like Ethan. Ethan was just a very normal dude. Just nothing special about him. Like didn't talk. Talked no trash. He was like quiet and respectful. And those guys usually don't succeed on reality TV. Because they want... They want like the big personalities. They want the people who are going to entertain America. But Ethan, that must have been before they came up with the formula for reality TV. I mean, the real world was going on way before that. But it didn't, it didn't become, I think Jersey Shore had a big impact on reality TV. Jersey Shore definitely changed a lot of things. It just those guys were so famous. Gosh, like the f- the first season of Jersey Shore is so good before they're famous. Oh my gosh. I <laughs> I'm sure some of some people are confused or or they think that I don't know what good means or but it's just so interesting. Jersey Shore is a it's a thought experiment. It's a social experiment. It's what would happen if we put these people in this house and then they I love how they couldn't go on their phones. That's my favorite thing about Jersey Shore is that they there's no TV. They couldn't watch TV. Or go on cell phones. They had no cell phones. So they're always just... It's like they're camping. It's always like they're camping. It's really cool. (laughs) Because they're always just coming up with inside jokes. And just... Polly's always like, t-shirt time. He's Polly's always yelling things. Like, what what would Polly yell? T-shirt time. Or caps are here. Caps here. Caps here. Oh, Polly D, so funny. I loved Polly D and Vinny's bro, their bromance. There were some guy, then Ronnie and Sammy had some crazy. That was the first season when Ronnie and Sammy were always fighting. There was this one fight. I remember there's one fight that Sammy was, she was on the bed like a, she was spread out like a spider. She was like clinging to the bed like a spider. And then Ronnie was lifting. Because <laughs> Ronnie was Ronnie Roid Rage. He was all he was all roided up and all raged out. And he was lifting the bed up. And she was on that thing like a spider monkey. Showing it like a spider monkey. 
I'm all jacked up on Mountain Dew. God, totally nice scream. <laughs> but Jersey Shore, oh my, maybe it's prob. It would definitely be different. It wouldn't make sense if you watched, because the first season was December two thousand nine. It obviously had a big impact on my life because I remember the month and year <laughs> exactly when it happened. December 2009. So, just so much has changed with social media. Just social media was just a baby back then, back in 2009. And texting wasn't the same. Smartphones weren't the same. People weren't as addicted to their phones. So it would be different if you watched it now, but when you were watching it at the time, and if you're 16 years old, like I was, that's the perfect age to, like 16 years old is the ideal age to be introduced to Jersey Shore. That's, that's right. That's the perfect age to become a fan of that show. Like you're, you're like, you're right in the wheelhouse because, because you're old enough you're old enough to celebrate the the partying and like and the crazy activities. You understand what they're doing, but you're still you're still too young to for it to be appropriate for you. <laughs> it's just it's just they were doing some crazy stuff on Jersey Shore. Lots of lots of blurkles. Remember they used to call I think that's what they called it whenever they would blur stuff out. It's, that's a blurkle. Uh, Jersey Shore is a great show. Um, and I love how there's just no point to it, really. They're not competing for anything, or they're not. They're they're working at the t-shirt shop for Danny. It's pretty much a summer. It's like it's a summer vacation for them. They're working at the t-shirt shop, but it's not the same as Road Rules. Because then I got... I was in the road rules too. That was a good... The challenge. Remember the challenge? Real world road rules. That's what Theo Vaughn came up on. But I never... I didn't watch it back then though. Theo Vaughn was before my time for the challenge. I was more... I was watching the challenge when Johnny Bananas and Wes and uh, Kenny... Oh, and Diem. She, Diem passed away. R.I.P. R.I.P. Diem. Carpe. Yeah, it was right there. It was too easy. <laughs> it was too easy. But yeah, Diem. Uh, rest in peace. Passed away from cancer. She's probably really young, if you think back. She's definitely in her 30s. When That's just so sad. And it's weird. It's weird, because... Because some of those dudes, they seemed so old to me at the time. But I was, that's just because I was like 15. And like, and I don't, you used to not be able to gauge adults really well. Because most, I'm, because now I am the same age as a lot of those contestants in that Road Rules Challenge show. They did... I mean, Johnny Bananas is older. A lot of them were in their 30s. But 
they seemed i mean obviously they seemed so much older back when <laughs> back when i was 15 obviously um but it's just funny that i'm like i'm almost i'm almost their age now i'm almost uh i'm going to have to get on a reality show <laughs> I think do they even do the real world and I don't even know if they do the real world anymore. They still do the challenge. They have fresh meat. Oh yeah, they did like a, f- a fresh meat one. But I think they usually they generally get people from the real world to be on the challenge. That's a crazy show though. They're compete they're actually competing for stuff. They're actually doing physical competitions. For cash. I mean the whole thing. In the end is for money. It's kind of like Survivor. But lower stakes. But they had some really crazy. I remember. In the final. In the finale. Of one of the challenges. They hiked up a mountain. (laughs) They hiked up a mountain. And it was covered in ice and snow and they they hiked I don't know if it was Mount it wasn't Mount Everest but it might have been one of its babies or something one of Mount Everest's offspring it was like a giant mountain (laughs) It's it's not even a joke they were going for like they were hiking for 10 hours they were go. It was even Survivor. Survivor has never had a challenge that crazy. The craziest challenge for Survivor, they would always do. Remember Survivor? The final challenge, when they were in the final three, they would always do the endurance challenge where you'd have to, you'd have to balance a bowl of rice on your head. Or you'd have to hold a cup of water in both hands and stand on a wooden peg or something to that effect. And yeah, they'd go on for hours. But I would rather do that than hike up a icy mountain for 10 hours. <laughs> it's it's not, it's, I think it was for like 50000 bucks or something maybe a hundred grand not not like not enough money so that you would never have to work again like like a lot of money for sure but not like wasn't survivor a million survivor was always a million bucks because that just made it sound so much sweeter like that that round number one million one million dollars baby but then it's probably only half of that once you take all the taxes out and stuff. Still five hundred thousand though. That five hundred grand, even now, if you man, if I won five hundred grand, because you would still have to work though. Cause you wouldn't be able to last because I want to live I want to live I mean, for like to be old, you know, (laughs) like best case scenario, I live to be, you would live to be for another, uh, 75 years, which means like do the math on that. 
You can't make, you couldn't even make a million dollars last 75 years. Especially once you get old. Like, you get old and then medical costs go up and stuff. And you have to actually start worrying about stuff. But it's probably best to prepare, set yourself up for success now, right? (laughs) When you're only 26. But I I want to be, I would like to be still healthy and working. Like I want to be working 40 years from now when I'm 66. Like a lot of people, I don't know. That's kind of an average retirement age. I'd say 66, 66 is kind of like, it's kind of right in there in the ballpark. But I don't, I never want to retire though, especially with what I'm, what what I do, what I'm doing, you can do this, you can do all the things I do, <laughs> sounds braggadocious or something, but I could do all the things I do till, till I'm a hundred years old. I could, I can write, I can keep writing every day. You can write books. I mean, you could even keep writing your blog. I could, I can keep podcasting. <laughs> I could keep doing this podcast for another 80 years, <laughs> another 80 years of a star is born. <laughs> I'll have to pass it on and then I'll, I'll bequeath it. I'll bequeath it to someone. It'll be in my will. I'll have to put it in my will. That's for sure. But seriously, you can do, you can do pod. I mean, it's more interesting. It becomes more interesting the older you get. Cause then. I have more life experiences. It's, think about it. It's more inter- it would be more interesting if I was 90 years old, right? <laughs> if I was 90 years old and talking to you guys right now, I would have so many crazy stories. I wouldn't even know where to start. But I still feel like I have a bunch of good stories that I've already talked about. I've already told a bunch of stories. Remember? Remember when this podcast started? I used to always tell stories. This kind of started as a storytelling podcast, but then I kind of ran out. <laughs> I kind of ran out of stories. So then I was like, I gotta start making some new stories. I gotta start doing some stuff. And then that's when I moved to LA. That's when. <laughs> that's when I moved to California. <laughs> God, but seriously. Like age gives you, it makes you interesting and it gives you wisdom and yeah, I can keep podcasting and I can keep writing and I can keep acting. You can like, like they still need old, they still need old people to be actors, you know, just cause you're young, there might, there might be more, I mean, it's probably harder for me. I'm sure it is because there's more people. There's way more people my age who are trying to do acting than people who are 90 years old who want to do it. It's you have way better you have a way better chance to be you can actually be in movies and then you can you have a better chance to actually get speaking parts and actually and actually get get lines and stuff cuz uh you don't have that much competition. Think about it. 
all your competitions in the ground. <laughs> it's all your all your former classmates and everyone that you know is dead. <laughs> it sounds so sad. Everyone you know is dead. <laughs> it sounds so sad. Oh my god. But still though, think about it. You have a you have a good chance to be a movie star. You could be a movie star in your 80s. It's true. If you really th- or you can also keep doing stand-up comedy. I could do stand-up comedy for for the next 70 years of my life. Like there's nothing to say that what's his, what's his name? Uh Jerry Lewis. That's his name, right? Jerry Lewis. He was did he just I think he just died just recently. But he was doing he would do stand-up comedy into his 90s. He did it into his 90s. Or uh, Joan Rivers. How old was she when she died? Was she in her 80s or something? Like there's lots of Pretty much, if you are a stand-up comedian, you got to do it. It's kind of a weird life. It's like you're signing... It's almost like you're signing your life away. Because if you if you are a stand-up comedian, you're just going to do it till the day you die. You're just going to die on stage when you're 90 years old. Because why not? Why wouldn't you do it? It, it may, It's so much better to... I mean it's it's just you're 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 much more interesting and you have so much more to offer people cuz cuz people actually want to hear what you want to what you're going to say. I mean I'm sure there's some people who like listening to comedians in their 20s. <laughs> I I am a comedian in my 20s and even I I can see that all the best, like all the, like the most famous, successful comedians. I like how, I mean, I'm not like saying I'm on, when I say I'm a comedian, I mean, I've done comedy. I've done, I'm an open micer. <laughs> I'm an open micer, but still, I've, I've still done more comedy than 99% of people, right? But uh, what was I saying? Now I just lost my train of thought because I was justifying myself. I just lost my train of thought on that on that justification roundabout. Um, yeah, I'm all the most successful comedians are in their fifties or or f- at least their forties. But think about it, all my favorites. Uh, well, I mean, Bert Bert's in his late forties. Joe Rogan and Bill Burr, Joey Coco Diaz are all in their 50s. Theo Vaughn. Oh, yeah. Theo. Happy. Oh, yeah. Speaking of Theo Vaughn, I've, I've been mentioning him today. I forgot that today is his 40th birthday, which he's a a youthful man because he I bet if most people I bet if most people saw Theo Vaughn in action some in the I've I've never seen him in real life but I mean I've just watched him on TV obviously but he just looks he could pass for like 30 like he doesn't look like he's 40 but excuse me nowadays 40 is not the same anyway 40 is not what it used to be right 
I mean, it's just not like 30s, not because everyone in there, the, I almost think, I think that the generation about like five, like five to eight years older than me. So people who are people in their early 30s right now, early to mid 30s, they like they seem more childish and more immature than my generation and people my age. The people in their early 30s seem more immature than people my age. It doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't care. I think, I don't know. But then somehow, somehow it seems like my generation kind of missed the worst. We're kind of sandwiched in between. Or maybe this is just, maybe this is just what I think because I'm not in the thick of it because I'm not in these groups. But I don't know because a lot, I don't have any friends who are any friends or even, I don't know, like old, old acquaintances from school. I mean, I've lost touch with so many people, but I can't think of a lot of people who are super like social justice warrior, super, what am I trying to say? (laughs) Social justice warrior-ish. I don't think that people my age are slant that way that much. I think it's for some reason, I don't know why, it's kind of weird. But people, people like five years older than me and five years younger than me, definitely the younger crowd, not even like people younger than my sister, because my sister just turned 25. So I'm talking about like people in their early 20s. Like those are like the super woke, obviously you guys know I'm talking about. Those are the super woke, annoying people. And then... And then you have the people in their early 30s. But I don't... Like the people who are just a little older than my brother. Because my brother's 29. I, I, I can't believe... That makes me feel old. That my older brother is going to be 30 in June. That makes me feel... I, I wonder... Man. I wonder how old that makes my parents feel. <laughs> I bet I bet that makes my mom and dad feel so old that that their their oldest their son is going to be 30. <laughs> like cuz it's just weird like cuz we for some reason we're obsessed with round numbers. Like we just love we love a round number. Cuz there's nothing different than 29 in 9 months versus 30. But we just love that zero. We just love that round, that roundness. All right, <laughs> let's get back to the list, man. We're never gonna finish. Um, I just keep getting distracted. I just keep getting off track. But yeah, happy birthday, Theo Vaughn. There you go. One of the funniest. I definitely want to see Theo. Definitely gotta see Theo in person, and Bert. I've never, I've never even seen Bert in person either. I just haven't been I haven't been proactive in in going down to Hollywood to watch anyone any of these comedians just cuz if I ever go out I just I would rather just do open mics it would seem almost wasteful not for me to just go do open mics myself cuz no cuz I I would rather be on stage than in the crowd 
Because I have a weird... Because that's like the weird... I don't know. A lot of people... I don't know. Because there's a lot of people who just would never want to go on stage and stand in front of people and have them laugh at them. <laughs> and then and then sometimes you don't even know why they're laughing. But you're like... You're like, it's okay because as long as they're laughing, right? Like, it doesn't really matter. That's... I don't think it doesn't really matter why they're laughing. As long as they're laughing, right? I mean, they're not. <laughs> I was. I'm not that bad at. I'm not that bad at comedy that they're laughing at me. <laughs> like they're not laughing at my attempt at doing comedy. But sometimes that's what happens, though. Sometimes comedians are so bad that they get laughs. They get laughter from the audience. But it's like this weird, it's this weird kind of laughter that it's, it's almost sympathetic. It's pity laughter. It's because it's it's the comedian knows that they're bad and they're playing into it. And I don't like that. I don't like it. I don't think that's funny either. It's, that's the, it's the hipster approach to comedy. Is, is, uh, it's like the anti-comedy approach. It's... It's admitting that you're not funny and being okay with it and just then not even telling jokes, not even telling jokes or saying punchlines or that, it, that works for very few people. I think in even, even Burt Kreischer or Theo Vaughn, those guys, they, they tell stories, they're storytelling comedians, but they're so good that they they slip in punchlines in the middle of their stories and you don't even you don't even realize it. So most people I would never recommend to be a storytelling comedian to anyone cuz you have to have an insane personality to like get away with it. Like you have to be like you have to have such a big personality to be like Bert or or Theo, like those guys are so, they're so unique and distinct and no one else is like them. So that's the only way you can get away with being, because I, I don't like stories. That's not what I do, obviously. If you guys listen, you can listen to all my stand-up comedy in this podcast feed right here. If you just, they're all labeled stand-up comedy, <laughs> part one through, I can't remember, 19 or 20 or something. But I've I I like writing jokes. I do one liners. People I'm not saying I am I'm not comparing myself to this guy. Or even I'm not even saying that other people compared people have just I've heard the name. I can't remember it's just happened. Like I've heard I'm not <laughs> it sounds like I'm bra it sounds like I'm bragging so much. But I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I think that my style is kind of reminiscent of this guy and I've heard other people say that and it's weird because I I was never even a fan of this guy or ever even watched his comedy but the name that the name that people always say <clears throat> not always <laughs> I've I've heard a few times people throw out the name uh, Mitch Hedberg just because I think it's very unique too, because most people 
very I don't see a lot of people doing one-liners. And Mitch Hedberg is known he's just known for being the one-liner comedian guy, just one-liners. I think he did like some non-sequiturs, but just lots of one-liners. And I don't know. I don't know what my he and he died of heroin. So at the age of like 37, which is just crazy. That's so young. Think how that's just so young. And then he's just but he's remembered as being uh, just one of the most famous comedians, but he was only 37. That's crazy. He missed out on decades, decades of doing good stamp comedy. But maybe he wouldn't have. I don't know. That's that's like bad thinking, though. If I was gonna, I was I was just gonna say maybe he wouldn't have been the same if he didn't. I can't remember if he was an alcoholic too or just a drug addict. But that's like a that because that's probably because the sad thing is, you know that that's what he thought is maybe he was probably thinking to himself. You know that he was. He thought if I ever quit drugs. I'm not going to be as funny. And I I don't want to be dramatic, but cuz I'm not I've never been like a I've never done like hard drugs, but like with I mean I don't I probably sound all <laughs> I sound like a soft little stoner, but with weed, even with weed, even with weed, I've always thought like it's all in your head, it's all in your head. Cuz I've always kind of secretly thought to myself, I might not be as funny if I don't smoke if I didn't smoke weed it's like a weird thought you know that that reminds me I should I should take an opportunity to to celebrate us being this far into the podcast I'm not even gonna pause it right now I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set this right here and keep talking and then do something right over here and you guys can just use your imagination Just use your imagination as to what I'm doing. But anyway, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for some reason. What's well, just because there's just so much culture around marijuana. Are you supposed to say marijuana? I like just calling it weed. Like, weed is the most casual thing to call it. I think I don't like cannabis. I don't like it when people call it cannabis. It's too scientific. It makes you sound like you're doing a like you're wearing a white lab coat. But yeah, I've just always even bef- the weird thing with me, the weird thing with me is I was a fan of weed culture years before I ever smoked weed. Cuz I the first time I ever did it Man, this is turning like getting dug with high. <laughs> the first time I ever did it was November 2010, 2010. I was 17 years old. It was senior year of high school, 17. I think that's that's actually a pretty I did a pretty good job of of waiting to try it. Cuz I definitely have friends who were doing it when they were they were f- 14 probably when they were doing it when they first tried it yeah i've heard of people i've heard of people trying it when they're 
13, 14. That's just way too, that's really young to do it. But even, but now thinking back to it, 17 is so young to do it. 17 is really young to, to be experimenting with marriage you want. It's just very young to do it. But I think a lot of people, that's about, the, I would say that's probably about the average age. I was definitely older than the average person losing their virginity, though. I didn't lose my virginity till I was 20. I was 20 years old. But I, that's, see, that's good. Once again, I think it's, there's nothing wrong with that, though. And it's good. Like, if it's either lose your virginity at 20, or what if I had gotten a girl pregnant when I was 16? What what would you rather have happen? Would you rather not not have sex till you're 20 or would you rather have a 4-year-old when you're 20? Your choice. You know. I I think I'm I think I made the right decision. I don't want to sound I don't want to sound snobby. That reminds me of Ferris Bueller when that one scene with the remember when he's the sausage king of Chicago and he's talking to that to the waiter and Ferris is talking to the waiter, and then he says, I don't want to be snobby. Snobby. And he's like, snooty. And then he's like, snooty. He keeps repeating him. It's so funny. God, I love that movie. That's a, I base my life on Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I, I, seriously, I was, I was 13 years old. Even, even Ferris Bueller's Day Off has, it's not a stoner movie at all. But it's like, it's kind of a, I would call it a shadow. It's a shadow stoner movie. It's not, it's not like, it's not definitely, it's not Dazed and Confused. Because that's what I was going to say. Is Dazed and Confused was one of my favorite movies back in the day. Because it was, it was one of my brother's, my my older brother's favorite movies. And I'm trying to think, I was only, because he was probably 13, I was probably 9 or 10 years old, probably 9 or 10 years old, when I, <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny, that seriously, sh- that that shaped who I am as a person, that's, that's probably why I'm, I'm doing what I'm doing right now, like, <laughs> just being an absolute rebel and a rebel artist living in LA a writer writer podcaster stand up comedian actor i love doing all the different things but i i serious i think i went i went against i always went against authority and society and norms and i in everything everything was based on Daisy confused. Oh my gosh, I'm just having a break. <laughs> I'm having a breakthrough right now. Because I was only I was seriously I was 10 years old. Imagine you don't know anything. You 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 barely know anything at 10 years old. And I'm watching I mean, have you guys seen Daisy and Confused? It's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. But it's there's a lot of a lot of weed, a lot of weed in that movie and drinking, a lot of weed and drinking and partying. 
it's just all about it's all about these high school kids just partying it's the last day it's the last day of school and then there's this was this ninth grade kid or he's about to be a freshman or something i think he's about to be a freshman and then all the seniors are chasing him and they're trying to beat him up so oh my i was so scared it made me so scared to go to high school because I would always think that there would be these older kids walking around the halls with these paddles. <laughs> just like, just hitting the paddle on their hand like a police officer would hit a nightstick. Oh my gosh. Days and Confused definitely shaped who I am. Excuse me. Because there's all these scenes in that movie. There's just... It's just, and that whole movie is just anti-authority. And because the, the basis of the movie is, is that their football coach wants the star quarterback to sign a contract saying that he won't. Wait, I, I'm pretty sure that the football coach wants the kid to say that he won't go to an Aerosmith concert. And it's it's so... Because this movie came out in 1990, it came out 1993, the year I was born, 93, so it was pretty much destined to be my favorite movie, but it's set in the late 70s in Texas, and oh yeah, Richard Linklater directed it, it's directed by the, the guy who did Boyhood, he would go on to do Boyhood, and all those Ethan Hawke movies, like Before Sunrise, Before Sunset, After Midnight, all that stuff. But Dazing a Fuse is the best thing he ever did. But yeah, it was just such a 70s thing. Like the football coach was telling the kid he has to sign the contract so he can't. Maybe the contract may have been just so you wouldn't party or so you. I think it was so you wouldn't go to the Aerosmith concert. Because then at the end, because at the end, he doesn't sign the contract. He doesn't sign it. And he sticks it to the man. And then they go to an Aerosmith concert. <laughs> I basically, I just lived my whole life just based off that movie. Just, just based off the premise that like you don't have to do anything that people try to force you to do you can pretty much do whatever you want it's always it's all about living in the moment and making the most of the night and all this crazy stuff oh my gosh i remember this oh one of my favorite parts of that movie is when is uh, they're they're drinking wine at midfield it's just so they're drinking wine at midfield of their football field. And it's like the middle of the night. And and they're like and they're they're running fake routes. They're messing around and joking it's I think it's the quarterback and the linebacker. I can't remember their names. I think the quarterback's name was Pink. So quarterback and linebacker and then their girlfriends and they're all having a midnight picnic on midfield of their football field. But they're making fun of their coach and they're, <laughs> they're like, hud -hud, hud -hud, and they're doing funny, funny formations and all that stuff. And, and they're getting drunk. 
and then and they're just like laughing and then they just like lose their lose it just laughing just they can't stop laughing and that's just that's what that just basically like was everything <laughs> was everything for me i was <laughs> i don't know why I was, I was like i could be there's just something about the freedom there's so much freedom in dazing views in that movie that i just put so much stock i used to put a lot of stock in the movies and tv shows and media remember i don't know was it you guys i mean not was it you guys did you guys do this too was it you guys that did this no um did you guys also i used to always get crushes on celebrities this this was something i kind of grew out of once i once i went to college i i started growing up out of that a little bit but i used to always get huge crushes on celebrities i'm sure that that's probably a thing that a lot of people do but it's just so weird because it's it's weird to it go it all goes back to what i was talking about earlier how we only judge people by what they look like just like we pretty much we put celebrities into categories based on what they look like and we don't really care what that much about what they have to say Unless they're the celebrities who we really care the most, what they have to say, I think are stand up comedians and podcasters, like what I'm doing right now. <laughs> not that not that I'm one of those people who everyone cares what they have to say, but a lot of the like first for society, the people who have the biggest voices right now are podcasters and stand up comedians. They have a bigger think of that's crazy, right? Because they have a bigger voice than the news. Because people don't trust the news anymore. They don't respect the news or trust because they don't trust where they're what source they're getting their news from. But that's what people love so much about about this, about podcasts and stand up comedy, is the fact that it's straight from this it's just straight from the heart. It's just all just I I don't have an agenda right now. I have no agenda. I'm just talking. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to capture a slice of life of today, you know, of a day in the life. This is this podcast is pretty much just a day in the life of Chris Arneson. It's a day in the life of me. What it's like to be during the quarantine, during the infamous corona quarantine of of mid-March, of March 2020. I wonder how long this thing's going to go. Man, I mean, my prediction is, I think it's going to go definitely past my birthday. So, through May, into May. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes into June. But, we'll see. What was I just saying? I was just on a really interesting track about Days and Confused. I was like, oh yeah, because I was talking about how podcasters are, have the biggest voice in society. Yeah, because even think about, even like Conan O'Brien, he started a podcast. He's only, Conan has become more successful because of his podcast. And, and he's been a late night host on TV for like, for what, 20 years? For, you know, he's been doing, he's had his own late night show for 20 years. But he's 
I think he's reached another level of popularity just because of his podcast. And it's weird. Isn't that kind of weird? We don't even respect. Like, why doesn't Jimmy Fallon? How do Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, the Jimmys, somebody needs to talk to the Jimmys. (laughs) Somebody needs to alert the Jimmys. Why don't, like, why don't those guys have podcasts? I don't understand how Jimmy Kimmel doesn't have a podcast, especially because he's, his best friend is Adam Carolla, is one of the pod fathers. I like how there's like five different pod fathers. Joe Rogan's a pod father. Bill Simmons is a pod father. Adam Carolla's a pod father. Even Kevin Smith, who we were talking about earlier. <laughs> what if Kevin James was a pod father? The King of Queens. The King of Queens podcast. Oh my gosh. That would be so funny if Kevin James did a King of Queens podcast. Because that's because that's the new thing is for them to do a, a podcast about old TV shows that, that they used to be on. Because remember, I was talking about the Office Ladies, the Office Ladies podcast. They just started that. And then also... Well, I saw this on Instagram. Um, the Good Place. Apparently, there's The Good Place podcast. And that, what was it? Like Ted Danson. Ted Danson was on it. I mean, he's he's definitely not on it every week. <laughs> there's, there's no way that Ted Danson is the host every week of that. Probably not, right? Like, like Joe Rogan's an old man in, in terms of podcasting. Right? There's not, you don't really see that many podcasters past the age of, I can't think of any podcasters past the age of 60. Like, what are, I mean, they're not, that's obviously not my demographic or whatever, but I can't think of any of that old. I mean, I don't know. It's not, not that there's any, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with being old. I like, that's the new thing. The new thing is, the new thing in society is old people are bad. That's the new thing, is everyone just wants to be young. Even like I will hear, you hear people talking about thirty years old, about thirty years old being old, but I whenever I hear that I laugh. It it makes me chuckle, because thirty years old is nothing. Because thirty. Think about 30 years old. If you just if you just double your age, you're only going to be 60. And my my parents are almost 60. My parents are almost 60, and I don't consider them to be elderly. Like my parents aren't they don't act that old. They're they're still active and mobile and moving around and doing stuff and my mom always goes for a walk every morning, gets her coffee. But, yeah, I don't consider 60 years old to be, I think, like, just like I was talking about earlier, I I would like to be still, I want to be still working and still doing everything, still doing all this stuff till the day I die, whatever day that is. <laughs> Not that I can control that, but <laughs> um, what was I, God, I just keep losing my train of thought. What was I just, oh, yeah, I was talking about how... How podcasts, I wonder how podcasts became 
the biggest voice in our society. And then like and then also but stand comedians too. Cuz I think part of the reason people love stand-up comedians is cuz it's the it's cuz stand-up comedians are the opposite of the news. Cuz they just they have they don't have an agenda. They just want all they care about is is if you laugh, is if they want to be funny. That's my favorite thing about stand-up comedy. That's my favorite thing about it is that it doesn't matter what what you look like or what you sound like or how old you are or who you are or what your name is. Is all that matters is are you funny or not? It's just that's in that way it's like it's like professional sports in that way. It's a a meritocracy. That's the word I was searching for. It's a meritocracy. Cause just cause you're the the son of a famous stand-up comedian, it doesn't make you a famous stand-up comedian. It's just like if you're the son of Tom Brady, you're not gonna you don't even get a scholarship. You, you, someone might toss you like a division three scholarship based on being the son of Tom Brady. Like you might get like a lower level scholarship just for, just based on your bloodline, but you don't get to play in the NFL just cause you're the son of a quarterback. But that's, I don't know. That's the one, the one thing, I guess it's a little different with, with movies and acting because with acting, it is nepotism a lot of the time. I think it, I mean, not a lot. Of, I mean, people earn it and they audition for it and earn their role. Probably most of the time, I'm sure. But then sometimes, just some, there's never, there's no nepotism in professional sports. Because there's no, there's no way that just because you're the son of the owner doesn't mean that you get to be the quarterback because you would die on the field. <laughs> You'd get sent to the hospital. So there's, there's no nepotism, but, but in acting in, there is a, in Hollywood, there is a little bit of nepotism because, because you could be the son of Tom Hanks. And I'm sure, I'm sure Colin Hanks, I'm sure Colin Hanks was talented and stuff, but he's just an example but but then there's i don't know i i mean i guess you can't even control it that's the weird thing about about like kids kids acting in hollywood is if you're acting since the age of 5 i don't remember making decisions at the age of 5 it, it's it's probably your mom and dad your your parents your parents choice that's why you're acting at the age of five. So it's not it's not by your volition. It's your parents are making that decision for you. And then and then if you just keep doing that for the next twenty years, what if you just act from the age of five till twenty five? Then all of a sudden all of a sudden you're like in your mid twenties and that's all you've ever known. But it I don't know. That's not. Wait, <laughs> I think I I think I just confused 
child, child acting with nepotism. Because that's a little different. Because that's, that's like, that's like all you've ever known. If you're just acting from a young age, it would just be the same as playing t-ball, you know, just the same. But nepotism, yeah, that's like, nepotism is, is like you're the son of the director. And then the director is going to give you a, a big, he's going to make you like a, a supporting, a member of the supporting cast or something. That's nepotism. <laughs> if you if you obviously get a, a hand, uh, a step up over the competition. But I don't know. Because then you have a lot of pressure. What if, because what if, I used to always say what if. And my parent, my mom and dad would always be like, stop saying what if. But now this is my podcast. <laughs> this isn't mom and dad. This isn't your podcast, mom and dad. I can say what if. So what if, what if, what if, uh, that's my Todd Glass impression. What if, what if, what if, what if, <laughs> uh, Todd Glass is a hilarious comedian. Um, so what if you are, what if my dad was Steven Spielberg, but I wanted, but I want to be like a great, I also want to be a great director. So that, so Everything I would, everything I do in that situation, if I have any success in Hollywood, people would think it was nepotism. You know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? People would think that I was just having it handed to me, even if I earned it, just because your last name is Spielberg. So maybe nepotism isn't as real of a thing as we think. I, that's kind of interesting. I never really thought about it like that. I think nepotism might not be as rampant as I thought. Just because yeah, your parents or you're related to someone famous, that doesn't mean that you can't earn it by yourself. Or, like, or who's to say that you didn't earn earn your spot? I mean, maybe in some situations people... I mean, I'm obviously in some situations, people definitely get handed stuff that they're not deserving of. But I think, yeah, that's kind of an interesting thing I never thought of. Just because you're the, just because my dad was Tom Hanks or something. Just because you're, and my dad's not. God, that'd be crazy if your dad was Tom Hanks. Got the corona. Your dad's got corona. <laughs> no. But just because, um, yeah, that. Think of how big of a sho- big of shoes you have to fill if your if your parents were if one of your parents was a celebrity but then you also want to work in the business you have such huge shoes that you have to fill just expectations weighing on you that makes you grow up I bet it makes you grow up faster that's kind of I never thought about that I bet. Yeah, because you have to deal with the press. Because if you're, if one of your parents is famous, you have to deal with the paparazzi from a young age. For like your whole life, you have to be just aware that that they're and then and then there's strange. Can you imagine 
if strangers went up to your mom or dad and were just in love with them, wouldn't that be, that'd be so weird. That would be really weird. <laughs> There's, I love, I love you. And it's, but they're saying that to your dad and you're like, no, I love you. <laughs> no, dad, no, dad, I love you. <laughs> oh my God. That's probably why, that's probably why so many children of famous people are so, they just have psychological problems. They just have issues because, because they have like love deficit because they didn't get enough attention from their parents or like enough or enough loving attention from their parents when they were young and they, and they just got all of it from their nannies because, because dad's away filming Castaway in Hawaii. Where did they film Cat? I wonder where they filmed Castaway. I could, Hawaii's not a bad guess though. I wouldn't be surprised if it was in the Pacific somewhere. Yeah, that's definitely not an easy life. That's, because I was thinking the other, I was, another thing I was thinking the other day is, you know when people say it skips a generation? That's kind of interesting. When, when people say it skips a generation, because I think what they're talking about is they're saying if your parents are rich, because I'm not, I'm not saying my parents are rich, but they're, I did I didn't come from a hard scrabble life at all by any means. Um, I, I come from a pretty like soft, like a, what would you say? Like a soft suburban background. Um, so it, so it skips a generation. So it's just so much harder for me. I'm not making excuses for me, but it's, it's more difficult for me and my sister and my brother to have hunger, to like literally have motivation and hunger because we grew up never really wanting for, we never needed anything or wanted anything because I mean, now I just sound like I'm bragging about having great parents. <laughs> no, I just, I did have great, or do, I still do have great parents. But then that just, that, it's like a weird handicap. It's a weird handicap because it's, it's a strange thing because you're getting, they give you so much love and shelter, almost too much shelter at times probably. But you get all that, but then in return, now and then like you get stuff paid for like you I was just you you get you know like your parents just give you money and stuff growing up and then you you never learn the value of money like I was talking about earlier how I'm just recently learning the value of money since that just comes from having to pay rent paying rent and I don't even have I don't even have all the Luckily, thank God, knock on wood, I don't have like all the bills. I mean, thank God. I sound spoiled right now. But I love, I love not having all the bills in my name yet. But there will come a day, you know. <laughs> Dark storm is coming. <laughs> but, um, I mean, make the most of it while you got it, right? But what was I saying? Yeah, I just never, I never learned the true value of money, really. I mean, because I had, I always had a job. 
I think the, the first real job I got was the at QFC as a grocery clerk. That was 16. I was 16. I think I may have worked that December before that. I think I probably worked at Santa Photos. But yeah, so I, I, that's probably about the average age of first job. I would say 16 is probably around for most of you. So, but then I quit, I quit that job unceremoniously. So, so that's like an example of, oh, do you guys hear? Oh my God. Did you guys hear that? (laughs) God, thank God you made it. You made it nearly three hours into the podcast for, for that gem. But God, I'm not even going to finish this list. I just keep talking. What was I saying? Yeah, I just, I learned the value of money in a way, but then, but then just never having to pay for stuff or just never worrying about, like, I just, that would be, that would be kind of interesting and just a total different experience if I, if I like watched my mom and dad, I mean, I just never really, my dad was always I would just call my dad smart with money. I think it's just wise. He doesn't he doesn't spend his money extravagantly. But he's not super che- he's not cheap. Like we went like we'd go on like vacation and stuff, which is pretty cool. If you think about it. Do the I mean, like a vacation to Hawaii for for a five five people family, that's got to run you over 5 grand. That's got to be closer to 10. That's probably close. I don't know. Maybe f- five, five grand to go to for five people to go to Hawaii for a week. Yeah, probably more like 10. I'd say probably more like 10 G's, 10 grand. It's just insane if you think about it. Like, there's no way that. I mean, of course, my dad was a lot older than I am right now, but still. That's still very responsible to have to have ten thousand dollars to be able to to throw away not throw away but because it's for the memories to spend on memories basically to spend on family memories that's just a lot of money to so that's just an example of not not of me not struggling for stuff. And what was I saying? I was talking about this skipping a generation. So that's what they mean. But that's what my goal is. Is I have to st- <laughs> I have to buck the trend. Like my my sister is a my sister's a freaking baller. Like she's so she's only 25. She's so successful. My sister's so successful already. She's uh an accountant. So yeah, she she has like a real job. <laughs> like she's not like an like actor, comedian, writer, podcast. <laughs> you know, just like all the different things. Um but yeah, my sister an accountant. Like my sister has like a legit like full-time, full life like career. No, I mean she has like a career. But so she's she's set up for the rest of her life to be successful. And also to not to be successful on her own like we were but then 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 again my sister's lucky that she's she's not because remember we were talking about the the 40 year olds 
CEO woman who's ugly. I mean, I don't. I'm not like a weird. I don't be like a weirdo, but um, my she's not. My sister's like a not ugly though. So, I sound like Southern, right? <laughs> uh, I got. I've been talking about. I've been watching too much Theo Vaughn. But no, I mean, I mean, it's it's obvious. Like, like I was saying earlier, I know that I'm, <laughs> I'm good looking. So therefore, I mean, obviously. It's, my sister's not like a, she doesn't look like a dude or anything, you know, it's not, it's not hard to tell, but that, but what I was saying is she's, she's lucky. Like she's, she's got the best of, of all worlds because she's smart and motivated and responsible and successful. Like she's successful on her own. So she doesn't have to she doesn't have to be like a a gold is a gold digger is that is that like a derogative term now like i wonder if people start saying that gold digger is derogative they probably they probably do think that that would be considered cuz it's probably considered like anti woman but it's still i think it's a thing it's a it's like a hollywood it's just a reality it's just what why else would a 20 year old model marry a 80 year old an 80 year old man great grandpa it is because he has 80 million in the bank that's why it's because he has a million dollars for each year of his life but yeah that's what i'm saying about so i'm talking about skipping a generation and yeah my, my sister's just very successful so she could pretty much do whatever she wants like she could she could marry a rich guy because, cause like, she doesn't look like a, a toad. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But, um, but also, she could, she could just be the lady who has five cats if she wants, and, but also lives in a mansion with her cats. So that's my main point, I guess. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> I was talking about skipping a generation. I think my, I think my brother, like my brother has like faced that more than, cause, cause in a way my sister, she got to witness what, um, she got to learn from me and my brother, you know, she, she got to watch us make mistakes and yeah. And then she learned from it i think that's fair like my my brother was it must be hard being the oldest one cuz at least i i got to watch my brother make mistakes and learn from him but yeah when you're the oldest one you got you're like a an army general going into war with a blindfold on you know <laughs> don't wait don't shoot till you see the whites of their blindfold <laughs> but i think it is i think it's much harder i wonder if there's statistics that would back me up on this that that it's harder it's harder to be successful if you're the oldest child versus the youngest like yeah i i think so i i think so and i think there's just my brother has much more pressure for some reason 
there's I don't know why, but there is there's definitely pressure in being the oldest because he has to represent for me and my sister. He has to be an example and like be some sort of role model or something. But he's my brother's also successful in his own ways, though. Like he's successful. He's done like I think my brother's done a lot of cool bucket list stuff. Like he's he's been in a band. Like he's played in a band. Which like think of all the people who would dream of like always wanting to play in a band. How cool is that? So he's been in a band. He's been a college division one college athlete. Because he was a swimmer at UNLV for two years. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And then he's done a bunch of other <laughs> bunch of other stuff too in the in the meantime. In the in, in the interim. <laughs> in the interim. But no, I bet I bet my brother because he seems he seems like a character from the buried life. From the show The Buried Life, which was one of my favorite shows. Which I've got I'm just never gonna finish this list. I'm gonna have to do a part two for this. That's what I'll have to do. I'm standing up right. Oh my god. Get some water. I'm gonna get some water. Mmm. Mmm. That's good water. That's good water. Alright. I'm grabbing my book right here. Standing up. Here it is. Gosh, I've been doing this for a while now. It's a it's like nine o'clock already. Holy cow. Been doing this thing for over three hours without even stopping once. I can't believe I haven't had to go to the bathroom this whole time. Man, maybe we should just end it. I think we should end it here. And then let me make a mark here. What was the last one? We we ended on, oh yeah, Back to the Future 3. That was it. That was the one. Back to the Future 3. That's where we ended. So I'll just make a mark. We barely, we didn't even finish the first list, guys. We just, it's okay. The other two lists are a lot shorter. So that's hilarious. Cause I was thinking before I started recording this, <laughs> I was like, I thought I would finish this whole page in less than an hour. I thought I would easily finish this whole page in less than an hour. And then all of a sudden, I've been talking for over three hours. And I didn't even finish the first list. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. So anyway, let's... let's um, I'm looking at the Buried Life book right now. It says on the front, What do you want to do before you die? I've talked about these guys before on this podcast. And I've, and I've flipped through this book before. But... These guys totally remind me of my brother, though, because they're my brother. He kind of does seem Canadian. <laughs> Maybe he's Canadian. <laughs> That'd be funny if he was born in Canada and my parents never told me. They're like, oh, oh, we used to be Canadian. <laughs> they used to be Canadian, but then they just they just became Americans and just hid their Canadian past. That'd be hilarious. And then they never... That'd be a funny idea for a movie. If you just... You are you find out when you're 27 years old, you find out your parents are Canadian. <laughs> oh my God. I'm going to write... That might be like a... Sh that at least has to be a short story or something. 
Um, all right, let me just jot down this. Um, <laughs> I'm like, wait, I got a movie idea. So I'm like, because I... I'm not going to like flip through this whole – I'm not going to scroll through this whole podcast and just to find this movie. So I'm going to say your 27-year-old finds out finds out his parents' secret Canadian past. Oh, my gosh. That's such a – that sounds like a – that actually does sound like a funny movie. I should write a screenplay. I've always wondered about screenplays and how they work. Because I understand how to write, but I mean, I'm I'm obvi- I'm probably the worst. Like, if a professor or like objectively, I probably am a terrible writer. But I think maybe just some people might enjoy my style of writing. I think that's the kind of writer I am. <laughs> I'm the kind of writer that 90, 90% of people either don't understand what I'm talking about or or don't actively dislike me. But then but then 10% is like is a big 10%. That that 10% rides for me hard. And that's that's actually what I always wanted to be. Cuz I never wanted to be someone that appeals to the masses or appeals to everyone. I want to, because that's all the the coolest movies and TV shows and bands and comedians and podcasts. The coolest ones are the ones with cult followings. So that's what I want. Is I want to, I want a cult following. Because, because you don't want like, you don't want ten thousand. I mean, you you don't want it would be not, you don't want ten thousand. <laughs> you don't want ten thousand like mediocre fair weather people who hardly know who you are they barely even know who you are but they might have clicked on your thing i'd i would rather have 1000 diehards or even 500 diehards who who know everything about just just creep just stalkers just just know everything about me and that just sounds kind of weird the way you put it, but that that is being a fan of someone is knowing everything about them, so that is kind of weird, but I guess in a way, being a fan of someone could be seen as invasive <laughs> it's kind of invasive almost, but yeah, that's what i'm saying is i want I want a small group of cult followers who love. Love it, and then and then they and then they share it with their friends and family, and then that's how that that's how that virus spreads. <laughs> it's a it's a positive virus though. It's the the podcast virus. All right, <laughs> podcast podcast virus. Uh, all right. So my brother just seems like he's one of these one of these guys in the cast of the buried life, because. These guys are just, they're like extreme. They're all extreme athletes. And my brother's, he's just such a good extreme athlete. Like he's very good at that kind of stuff. Like like anything with your feet or in the water. So anything like water skiing or inner, 
what's it called inner tubing or um like anything water based because he's a because he was a division one college swimmer or then he's great at like snowboarding and all that stuff yeah he probably surfs i don't even know i bet he i bet he surfs but i mean he i'm sure he used to because he used to live down here down in down in california california but i'm sure he probably surfed when he lived down here not not as many places to surf up in up in washington <laughs> if you're a surfer who lives in a surfer from seattle is a a sad story that was four s's right there that was good alliteration that sounds like a <laughs> i need to take a breath <laughs> that sounds like a children's book the the sad surfer the sad seattle surfer story all right but yeah these guys are um the buried life guys this was a show on mtv back in 2010 and gosh i loved i loved this show back then i loved it so much that i got these guys' book this was probably a present though this was probably a christmas or birthday gift from mom and dad probably um all right so yeah it's just this whole this whole book is just things on their bucket list that they want to do before they die and it's really cool illustrations too so i wonder who illustrated this thing let's see if it let's see if i can here i don't know it doesn't say um oh this is autographed though that's pretty cool this is an autographed edition of the book i'm and i was trying to think where because i don't think i'm pretty sure i didn't get this book in person like because i was trying to think like did i did i meet these guys because because my book of basketball the book of basketball i went to oh my gosh that was a that see that's one of the best nights one of the most memorable nights i can remember with my dad is this is a great story is after i got cut i got cut from basketball junior junior year of high school that night that night it must have been think about that you get cut it must be like seven o'clock at night we drove down to seattle probably took us a half hour we drove down to seattle and we were in the very back of the line because we were late because of my basketball we were in the back of the line like i remember we were the one of the last people to meet bill simmons and we waited it was across the street from the space needle at sport sport bar and grill which i have a lot of good memories there cuz my old high school friend max hamilton his his dad had this thing called marks marks madness instead of march madness is marks madness and we used to just we used to go so it was like the first weekend of March Madness, and we would go and sit in that sport bar and grill, and we just sat in there for like 10 hours, 10, 12 hours, just all day watching college basketball. And that's back when we were, 
in high school and even back in yeah like just before i drank or did drug did anything before i did anything so think of that i was just high on life and college basketball <laughs> just for like 12 hours just eating chicken wings and watching a giant projector screen across the street from the space needle and I have one really funny memory from Mark's Madness is Connor Darlington, another old friend, Connor Darlington, really old friend. Like I think I've known Connor Connor D since kindergarten probably. But he was one of those early bloomer experimental <laughs> kid like drug experimental kids so he was like one of those kids who smoked cigarettes when he was 14 so i just remember this one time we were we were leaving we were in the parking garage and we were leaving and i guess we didn't want him to smoke a cigarette in the car so so he just he power smoked the cigarette as fast as he could and he smoked a cigarette in about 30 seconds <laughs> and he was just he was like he was just holding his face and he couldn't <laughs> he just kept saying how he couldn't feel his face and how everything was numb and how just he felt just tingly and stuff and it's because he just sucked down a cigarette in 30 seconds but I, I just still remember that from today. And that was till today. And that must have been. That was. It's funny. Because that's funny that I'm talking about that. Because that was probably. Exactly on the anniversary of today. Like 13 years ago. or two, I mean actually we were driving. I mean someone was driving. So someone was 16. I must have been you know. 50. So uh, do the math. Like twelve. That's like twelve years ago, from today. You know, isn't that crazy? Because <laughs> cause now this is the weekend. This is the weekend that March Madness. First weekend of March Madness. So isn't that serendipitous? But that's God. I miss March Madness. Um, <laughs> I miss the bracket. All right. Let's just read let's read this quote right here from yeah so oh yeah the to wrap up that the bill simmons story yeah me and my dad waited in line and then <laughs> i just remember saying introducing myself to bill simmons and hi my he's like, hi my name's chris i think he asked what i think he asked what's your name i think my name's chris and i shook his hand and I remember seeing my dad smile. <laughs> I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> I just start crying. Um, that's good. It's good to let let out some tears. Man, I was crying during Glee. <laughs> I was watching Glee the other night. I was just. It was the scene where Sue visits her sister, and her. I think it's her sister. Her sister has Down syndrome, because it it was the episode where Sue. Um, Coach Sue Sue Sylvester, she, they they have the the girl with the girl with Down syndrome becomes a Cheerio. She becomes a member of the cheerleading team, 
and then but but then at the end of the episode you find out that Sue goes to visit her sister who has Down syndrome and then and then it got a little bit dusty and <laughs> the sprinkler started going I was just losing that man I like when you just start crying and like you're just like thinking about everything <laughs> you're like you're like this isn't even about glee anymore <laughs> this isn't even about tv anymore this is about a lot of different stuff but <laughs> i think it's really healthy i think it's just it's healthy to do like like things like like things like healthy things to do like on like a daily basis i don't know if you have to cry every day but Things to do that you want to do are like laugh. Definitely got to laugh every day. Laugh and smile every day. And then it's good to sweat. It's definitely good to sweat every day. And then cry. I mean, you don't have to cry every day, but you definitely want to cry like every few. I don't know. There's some people who just probably haven't cried in years. <laughs> that's so unhealthy. I think that's that they have so many emotions bottled up. If you haven't cried in even even in like even in over a month, you're definitely holding on to some stuff. Just pull up a oh my god, like one of those YouTube videos with uh remember when like like a college football team will they have like they have a little kid who has cancer and he's they're doing the make a wish thing and he's five years old and then but then they, they're doing the script I think Nebraska, Nebraska famously did this recently where they had the, the spring scrimmage, the inter-squad scrimmage, and then they had the little five-year-old kid, make-a-wish kid with cancer, and then they they gave him, they give him the handoff, and then they have, they let him run for a touchdown, but they all, the whole team pretends like they're chasing him and trying to tackle <laughs> they're all i love my favorite part is the guys who <laughs> the guys who would like really dramatically would like would lay out superman they would superman extension dive for this kid's ankles but yeah they're just pretending they're pretending like they're trying to tackle him and then and then he runs for a touchdown and they all celebrate and hoist him up on their shoulders and I'm I'm about to I'm getting goosebumps right now just talking about it. If <laughs> you don't even have to be a sports fan to like that. If you I don't know, if you if that doesn't make you cry, if that doesn't make you cry or or feel like you're about to cry, then I don't know what's there might be something going on or something. Like that that video specifically is like it will give you goosebumps. It cuz it's so it's so specific to, and they're just like, and they're making this kid's whole life better. It's crazy. That gives me goosebumps just thinking about it. All right. <laughs> it's about time to wrap this thing up. I, what am I? Oh, yeah. Today I, I was watching Joe Rogan and Duncan Trestle. Oh, it's so fun. Is it Trestle? Trestle with a U. Yeah. He was wearing his ghillie suit you know his like his swamp suit and then joe rogan was dressed up like an astronaut (laughs) those guys are goofy 
but there oh Joe Rogan and Duncan I love it when Duncan is on the podcast because he has he's so insightful and very just relaxed and Buddha like and Zen he's like a he's like a young Phil Jackson a non a non basketball version of Phil Jackson a comedic a young comedic Phil Jackson all right. Um, also, I was just watching Bert, just because Bert's been on all the different Bert Kreischer's on the all the different podcasts. Like I was, I think I mentioned that earlier. All right, <laughs> that's when you know it's a long podcast when you just keep circling back to things that you mentioned earlier. That's how you know it's been good. But all right. Oh, and also when I met Bill Simmons, uh, Joe House was there. So I, I, I don't think I realized that till after. I was like, that's that was Joe House, because I think I remember listening to his podcast after that, and then, and then he talked about how Joe House, his his old his old friend, I think his college buddy, Joe House, House eats, <laughs> he does eating competitions, but they also talk about basketball and, but yeah, Joe House was with him. So that's pretty sweet if you think about it. How how like cute. That's that's just so cute. 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 Just do a history hyena. Cute. I love history hyenas. But um yas. But that's that is really cute. It's very cute that that Joe House would just drop everything. Like this is like these guys are 40. They were 40 years old. But then he just drops everything just to go on like a on a book signing tour with his old college friend. That's just really like heartwarming if you think about it cuz I want to do that. I want to be able to do that. Or I want to what I really want to do is I want to I want to make it <laughs> I, wanna, I wanna make it i wanna make it man i'm gonna i'm gonna make it i'm gonna do it i'm gonna <laughs> no but i wanna become a successful i think i already i don't know by any just by doing it i consider myself successful just by being here and doing it i consider myself successful because i have done i am a podcaster i am a pod i've done enough podcasts I've logged the hours. I've done the work. <laughs> I mean, I've there's all all different shapes and sizes of podcasts, you know, all different types of podcasts. Some are 5 minutes, some are 5 hours. But I think I I consider myself a successful podcaster, actor, comedian, writer just cuz I have been allowed the freedom and opportunity to do to pursue these things like I've done these like even though I mean I was gonna say on an amateur level except I mean I got paid to act I've been I've (laughs) I'm a I'm a paid actor so I'm not I'm not an amateur actor right (laughs) because amateur means you amateur means you don't make money from doing it so I don't want to call myself a professional actor, but there's a difference. Like if you're you're paid, you're it's your job. Like 
I don't know. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't consider myself a professional stand-up comedian, really, just because I've never I've never been paid to do it. I I've only paid to do it. I've never been paid to do it. But as far as professional podcasting goes, I would still consider myself a like professional is a weird word. <laughs> professional is a weird word because. Yeah, like I said, you have to make money doing it. But I'd still consider myself a professional podcaster. Cause just cause I take it seriously. Like I it's like it's a craft. I was trying to unplug my ears right now. I got my right ears plugged for some feels like I just got off an airplane. But podcasting is just a craft. I think you can determine your professionalism. By how you per- approach things and how seriously you take them and what you what you bring into these things. Just because just cause you're not paid to do it, just because I'm not making any money to do podcasting, also doesn't mean that I'm not going to be making money doing it one year, a year from now, you know? So, yeah, definitely never say never. Like, just because you're not... Doing something now doesn't mean doesn't mean you you've lost all chances of ever doing that. Especially God, that's when I just get so pumped up. Especially when I'm on the podcast, like right now. When I just think about cause because I might be I'm like right in the prime. I was looking up the other day. I think I'm right at the average age of an NBA player. It's right about 26. And then an NBA player's prime is probably is probably around age 28, 29. Because I was looking at a lot of the MVPs. I, I was looking at a list of all the NBA MVPs. And they used to be older. Like Michael Jordan won it when he was in his 30s. And Carl Malone was... I think Carl Malone was in his thirties as well, and yeah, there's. I think LeBron. I'm pretty sure LeBron is one in his thirties, or near thirty. But yeah, I don't know what my main point is. <laughs> just because I don't know what my main. Oh, my main point is it just makes me. F- I just get pumped up. I get pumped up on like all the. Like what? What could? What could be? It's just weird. It's it's future tripping. It's called future tripping. You get you get too wrapped up in hypothetical situations. What could happen? Like I'm only, but I and that's I just love podcasting so much. Oh excuse me, I just want to keep doing this forever. And all my favorite podcasters, they're all in their like forties and fifties. Which makes me super pumped. Because that makes me think, ooh, that gives me a lot of time. That gives me a lot of time to become successful. <laughs> you know? Like, if I'm not, I turn 27 at the end of next month. So that gives me a solid 15 years. A solid, or easily a decade. Easily a solid decade just to go to work. Just to... 
just to keep doing podcasts and keep writing and keep doing stand-up comedy when we can all finally leave home and go do those things again. But that just gets me pumped up that that I found out about these things because I've met some other open micers that like they told me that they started doing stand-up like I think this one guy said that he was 32 when he started doing it and even that that's young that's a young age to start doing stand-up comedy stand-up comedy is is definitely not a young man's game or young person's game because it's meant it's just meant for people in their 40s in 40s and older pretty much or i mean you just like people because i think there's this weird thing where if you're my age and then most of the audience is going to be older than you and i don't i don't know (laughs) i think i don't know because i haven't gotten to this point in my life yet but I'm sure I probably will someday where you just feel they probably feel like kind of like almost spiteful towards younger towards the younger generation like you just like like the younger people just don't realize how good they have it and they don't realize that this is the best part of their life right now god and like I'm always like reminding myself that that you're you're always like that I'm going to look back at this at this time at I always just remind myself I'm going to look back 5 years from now you know and I'll be I'll be 32 I'll still be young like I just I think 32 is young especially nowadays but but then but then think of how how young I'll be in retrospect right now like what what am I trying to say how young me right now will be compared to 32-year-old me, is what I'm trying to say, is I'm just, (laughs) I just keep bragging, it just sounds like I'm bragging about my age, but it's not really about that, it's not, I'm not like bragging, I'm just, I just get so excited, because, because time, because like time is the most valuable thing in the world, like, you just, you think that money like you trick yourself into thinking that money is more important than time, but it's always like you time is like the creator of memories it's the it's the cement that puts together memories you know <laughs> the, the the memories become concrete and but the time is the it's like the wet cement like you need. Like I, because I think I'm not like a hippie. Like I was saying earlier, I'm definitely not a hippie because I recognize, like I just love money. <laughs> now I I love money, but I also, I love money. But even more than loving money, I love pursuing things that I want to do as a career, like dreams and goals, which is like all the things that I'm lucky enough to be able to do right now. Which um, which is just gave me so I'm just getting all pumped up for, for this quarantine, <laughs> for this whole, this whole virus thing to like just kind of, kind of just like pass by, so then I can just get back to business, 
get back to doing background acting and stand-up comedy and but then the lucky thing is I can still do this no matter what no matter what nobody can tell me nobody can tell me nothing about about my podcast that's what I love about podcasts too is that you don't need I don't need anyone to tell me to give me the okay that's the coolest thing in the world it's like I don't have any like producers or engineers or I mean the it would be cool to I wouldn't mind having a co-host but I love doing it by myself I think I just figure out all sorts of different things about myself just by having these long three and a half hour one-way conversations <laughs> but I mean you you definitely learn you learn how to like get along with other people and how you interact with others it's always because I've always enjoyed watching my favorite podcasters like today today was two of my favorite I watched two of my favorite podcasters do one a podcast together when I watched Bert Bert Kreischer go on Theo Vaughn's podcast but so that's just so interesting for me to watch two of my favorites Separately, they're two of my favorites, but then to see what happens when their two powers come together, <laughs> and then, but um, but they're friends. Like that's like the coolest thing is they're two complete. Like you couldn't get more polar opposite in personality and style of humor, and those guys are Bert Kreischer and Theo Vaughn are just totally different. They're totally different guys. Even though they're both, Bert's from Florida and Theo's from New Orleans, so I was gonna say they're both from the South, but Florida is not really Florida is like a separate region. But yeah, it's just cool to see how your favorite podcasters or your favorite idols or celebrities or whatever. It's always fun when they get along with each other. Just that's kind of like when your favorite, when two of your favorite actors are in a movie together. It's kind of the same. I got to wrap this. <laughs> kind of the same deal. All right. I'm going to read this quote here and then we'll just wrap it. We'll we'll just call it. So then I can just finally go to the bathroom. Not that I, it's finally approaching me. I can finally sense it. I'll read this quote here from the front of the book. But often in the world's most crowded streets, but often in the din of strife, there rises an unspeakable desire after the knowledge of our buried life. Matthew Arnold, The Buried Life. Wait, I think there's more in the back here. What's this? Uh, here we go. Um, a thirst to spend, a thirst to spend our fire. And. Wait, I think he said. Does he say and twice? Is this a typo? <laughs> I, I, I swear this says and twice here. A, a thirst to spend our fire and and restless force in tracking our true original course. A longing to inquire into the mystery of this heart which beats so wild, so deep in us, to know whence our lives come and where they go. Matthew Arnold, The Buried Life, 1852. All right.
That's crazy. Man, I just, I think there's nothing. I wonder if it is hacky to talk about how young you are on your solo podcast. <laughs> on your solo podcast. I wonder if that's hacky. I don't even care what's hacky anymore. It just doesn't even. Hacky, it doesn't matter. Because sometimes, sometimes repetition is the funniest thing. Or hacky bits can be funny. But I'm not bragging about... I'm just so excited about like the next... Like what's my next... What if I'm a... Like what could... What if I really put my mind to doing this thing and and really like going for it? Like, because I think I I don't know I I think I can I know I have I know I am a great stamp comedian. See, that's like the weird thing is I already I know I already am, but you just I guess you have to be in the right time, right place, right time. And get the repetitions. But I mean, I, but then again, I see some people. I've seen people who do it every day. But then I don't, I couldn't even tell you any jokes. They don't say jokes or they don't write anything or they don't, they don't grow. They're just getting, it's almost empty, useless stage time. Like you're not putting your stage time to use by, Writing, you just gotta keep writing jokes. I think it's, I think writing jokes is important. And I don't know, some there's all all different types of comedians though, and people like different stuff too. But I think the most important thing is, I mean, I already know, I know I'm funny, <laughs> and I know uh, people have told me I'm funny, and um, but also the audience has told me I'm funny, and. Now it just really sounds like I'm break. But once you get like I haven't done I haven't done that much stand up, but I think I've done it in front of enough different just enough different audiences that I don't know, you just who knows, man. <laughs> I think you just measure yourself by by how you do in front of different audiences. Like my main point was some some comedians do really well in front of very specific audiences, like niche audiences that are only suited for them. But I what I'm saying about myself is I think from what from my experience so far I mean and you guys can listen to it. You can hear you can listen to all my sets. I have all my sets on this podcast on the uh yeah, on the on the feed. But yeah, I think I've I've made enough different cuz that's how you really measure if if you're funny is if you can make all different all different types of people laugh. Like old, young, white, black, Mexican, Asian, smart, dumb, you know, just anything you know <laughs> anything but just all different types of people is because i i don't know that might be a trap i think that's a trap that some comedian some open micers and stand-up comedians i don't i don't like it how you people distinguish open micer versus like a just you are a stand-up comedian if if you go on stage 
if you go on stage, build and you're billed as a stand-up comedian and and you're introduced as a stand-up comedian who's gonna do stand-up comedy, then therefore and then you go up and deliver for five minutes, then I then in my book, then you are a stand-up comedian. Like I don't it honestly doesn't I don't think it matters if you're an open micer or not. Cause like there's no shame in having to pay <laughs> That, like there's plenty of hilarious people who you've never heard of who nobody's ever heard of and they have to pay to do comedy so like i there's no like merit really in the fact that like people know your name i don't know like that's the most like ticky tacky part about about stand comedy is that and also the like that this is the weirdest part about it is that you're really only successful if people know your if people know who you are but like what other industry there's no other industry like that cuz you could be like the like I was just talking to my sister being an accountant like like tell me who the best accountant in the world is like you have no idea you know so like that's what makes stand up comedy a really weird and same with acting too. Same with acting. But that's just the whole entertainment business, I suppose. It's all based on familiarity. That's the word. Familiarity. That's what I was trying to think. Alright. That's really that's how you be, that's what a lot of famous stand up comedians are. Like they're not particularly funny. They're just familiar. God, that's interesting. Because you see them, you've seen them everywhere. You've you've seen them pop up on everyone's podcast and on Netflix and on their own podcast. Familiar. Oh, that's interesting. And that can only come with years, years of of doing it. Oh my gosh. All right, here we go. Let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up for this closing. All right, guys. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you be from. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. I know who I want to take me home. Take me home, home, home. Closing time. Time for you to go home to the places where you belong oh my goodness we almost we almost push it to four hours without a break today guys guys and gals that was fun holy cow all right i was not planning that was a fun unplanned event i'm gonna turn the i'm gonna turn the tv back on Oh, okay, guys. Just to let you know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> just to let you know what's going on in my neck of the woods. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing. Everyone's doing great with their 
quarantine, staying home, and uh, if you're listening to this a few months from now, I hope we we made it through this whole crazy time period unscathed. And um, yeah, get my books, get my books on Amazon. Check out my blog, thegoat1.blogspot.com. Let's see, follow Instagram at chrisarneson8. And tell a friend and family, share, share the podcast. Tell people about the podcast. Spread the word. Spread the good word. Let's get people listening. I got, listen and, and go back and listen to all the old podcasts. Start from the beginning. I've uh, truly made a journey. Uh, 1,100 miles. 1,100 mile journey since the first episode of A Star is Born. Come a long way. Come a long way, baby. Baby. Oh my God. But it's been fun. That's That was a fun time. God, I hope you had fun. I hope you had as much fun listening. And, um, gosh, I, I think I pretty much said everything I want to say for today. <laughs> so I said a lot. I said a lot of words just now. All right, guys. So <laughs> have a great, have a great day. Have a great night. And uh, I love you. Bye. Bye.